Hey everyone. So uh, as everyone is, is well aware, um, things are not looking great right now with the Supreme Court looking to overturn Roe v. Wade. And before today's episode, Damon, Anna, and I just felt it appropriate to you know come on and, and drop some um, helpful resources to support in this really trying time. So Damon, what, what are some helpful resources you found? Yeah, I just want to talk about the National Abortion Federation. Um, it's just a federation that functions to unify all abortion providers. It publishes clinical policy guidelines for the abortion care, and uh, it just offers you a hotline that helps women secure financial assistance and access to clinics. Um, I also just want to shout out a local base uh, in Shreveport, the Hope Medical Care. Um, I've heard very good things from them, and they will help anyone in the Northwest Arklatex area, East Texas, uh, South Arkansas area. So. Awesome. Uh, Anna, what you got for us? Um, obviously, other than just Googling and supporting local clinics in your area that support this sort of work, um, I did find in our own voice, it's a network of organizations in Georgia, Louisiana, Ohio, California, Tennessee, Texas, and Pennsylvania, and it centers around uh, Black women's safety and access to reproductive health care, and that's uh, in our own voice. They're always asking for donations of volunteers. There's also Indigenous Women Rising, and they have a dedicated abortion fund to assist uh, Indigenous people in America and Canada that need one. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, just to add to those helpful resources, I want to also mention uh, the National Network of Abortion Funds. Um, the National Network of Abortion Funds builds power with members to remove financial and logistical barriers to abortion access by centering people who have abortions and organizing at the intersections of racial, economic, and reproductive justice. You can donate to their website. Um, their link, along with the rest of all of these links, will be in our episode description. Um, I also want to mention a campaign uh, called Keep Our Clinics, which is spearheaded by the Abortion Care Network that raises money for Independent abortion clinics, um, statistically independent clinics, are the largest providers of abortion in the country. So a link to that website will also be um, in the description. I would also encourage, you know, if uh, financially supporting is not always an option for everyone, we certainly acknowledge and um, appreciate that. So uh, if you can't financially support and give, I would encourage you to use your most powerful tool, tool and that is your voice. Um, get out there and protest. There are plenty of protests happening all across the country right now. Use your voice. Now is the time to be heard. Um, now is not the time for silence. We've done that long enough. Um, so now is the time to help. Um, so if you can help in any way you can, we we do deeply implore you to do so. We will be doing so here at Planet Fantasy. And once again, all of those links will be in our episode description. This is certainly not an exhaustive, exhaustive list, but we hope it'll be a helpful start to uh, helping out. Enjoy today's episode. to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. How's it going? It's going all right, my friend. How are you? Same, same. Just a bunch of internet issues. So work with us today, guys. Hopefully it sounds good. Um, Kyle, how's it going over there? Have you been watching anything fun as of late? 
Yeah, outside of my uh, big MCU rewatch that I'm doing in anticipation of our phase three effies, um, I'm just going to just keep beating that dead horse. I need everyone to just go watch Barry on HBO and Atlanta on FX. They're just they're the two best shows on TV, and I'm so glad they both back. Yes, nice. I've been watching, rewatching the the campy, trashy hit, but and I've been I've been loving every minute of it. That show is wild. <laughs> That's all I can say about it. Um, but yeah, also to joining us today, filling in uh, the producer uh, duties is Ryan. How's it going? It's going. Um, yeah, excited to uh, to talk about this movie here. At least to hear y'all talk yeah. about it. <laughs> right, right. And joining us today to talk about this movie is, of course, Leah. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Good to see you. And, of course, Chaitanya, good to see you again. Good to be back. How are you guys? Can't complain. We are here, of course, to talk about a little, little, very small indie movie. Kyle, what are we doing today? That's right. We are here to talk about... Uh, Marvel's latest entry, Mo- uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Mommy, I mean Madness, uh, got Wanda on the mind. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> just that's going to pop up a lot today. Um, it's a wild movie. I'm really excited. Uh, it, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. I mean, it's a shorter one in terms of the last couple of movies we've gotten. It's only two hours and six minutes, but they just packed a whole lot in there. Um, and I'm glad I saw it twice because I definitely liked it more on the second uh, watch. So before we get into any awards, yeah, just general thoughts on the movie in general. Uh, Leah, what were some of your, your general thoughts on the movie? Um, I loved it. I It made me more interested in Doctor Strange, honestly, because the first one was like, um, you know, he's the sorcerer with a cape and big rubber yellow gloves. Uh so this was way more interesting to me and it delved a lot more into like, you know, the comic lore and stuff like that, which was way better. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to get too far into it, but there was so much good shit. Um, and I can't bring my child to it and I'm super bummed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and he's so pissed. <laughs> the movie you've, you've had to say that about? This is the first MCU movie um, that I've had to say that about. I mean, I got out of it and I was like, I think I could show him the Batman before I show him this one because he's going to cry. <laughs> like, he's going to want to sleep in my bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, he's mad. He's big mad. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Chitanya, what did, what did you think? So I've been wrestling with Multiverse of Madness, honestly, since I got out of the theater, because my first impression was that it was awesome. I had so much fun with it. And I think I've come back around to that side of things at this moment. But there was a real moment where I was wondering, did I like what they did with Wanda? And I'm sure we'll get into this as we start discussing, but... It was, a fu- it was quite a journey over the last couple of weeks from where I started to where I ended up, and they happened to be the same thing. So I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was actually pretty similar to Chaitanya. I saw it. I think we were, he and I were talking about it pretty shortly after both of us saw it for the first time. We were kind of in the same place. Like it, I, I, there's just so much that's packed into this movie that I... So first of all, I want to say... 
whoever runs Marvel's marketing at this point can just get fucked. Like they can just they can they can go to hell. Uh, because I would have loved for some of the shit in this movie to be a surprise. <laughs> and I think that honestly gave me just a disadvantage going into the movie. Um, I think I would have lost my ever loving shit at seeing some of those Illuminati members, um, especially Reed. I mean, I just like, that was something that was so theorized and we wondered if that was the case and to see it confirmed was great. I, I'll get into how I feel about Krasinski himself as Reed, but you know, I, I, I it was something that was a cool moment that I would have relished had I not been spoiled, you know, by other things and seeing Captain Carter in the trailer and stuff like that. Um, but that being said, it is still, I think Leah said it really well in that it made me care about Dr. Strange, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, he's just a very boring character. And I not only cared about like the movie, but I cared about actually him as a character. Like he was a very compelling character the idea of him being afraid of like connection just really resonated. And I, I, I loved the dynamic between him and America and him and Christine. I thought it was played really well. And I think Benedict Cumberbatch, he's always been a talented actor, but it just seems like he's phoned it in as strange before. And this felt like he was really in control of the role in a, in a new way. So I was, yeah, I, I, there's a lot that I, I have conflicted feelings about, but overall I think it was, if anything, a fun Sam Raimi movie. We all know how I feel about Raimi. <laughs> yes. I was lucky. I didn't have the read things spoiled for me because I avoided mm. everything. Me but literally 20 minutes before we walked into it, my boyfriend spoiled the Professor X because I was I avoided everything. I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> your boy wait, wait. Yeah. No. Who's your boyfriend? Who's my boyfriend is Nick James. <laughs> <laughs> Called out, sir. Called out. You are no longer invited to next week's episode. You are banned from the podcast. I was like, what? I didn't know that. He's like, everyone knew that. I was like, get fucked. Like, <laughs> God dang it. So mad. Oh, I'm looking too. Like, you, the fact that you didn't know that is just really mind I, I avoided but, uh, everything, uh, like, as much as I could. So I try to do that with the MCU movies. I like being surprised. But. <laughs> Anyway, oh, yeah, Leah, does um, does Nick work for um, Marvel Marketing? Because uh, I had <laughs> somehow missed the Charles Xavier thing too, and then I went on Instagram like a week before the movie, and the first thing that came up was a TV spot with him in it, and I was so pissed. Seriously? Oh, I would be so pissed too. So I mean, bold, I would, but <laughs> it's yeah. just yeah. It's, it's it's we'll probably talk about it more going forward, really, but. That's that's a part of it. It it cuts expectations. It builds kind of false expectations. And I mean, some people said they advertised it a movie that was different than what we saw. hundred. I mean, yeah. I think yes. I mean, I, they weren't exactly pushing it in a certain direction, but definitely impl implied a lot of different stuff. So I mean, right. when you have those expectations, you know, risen, it's kind of uh, hard to to hit them. I liked the movie a lot. Uh, when I when I left the theater, I found myself saying it was a fun, fun movie. I prop maybe one of the funner movies, especially just experiencing it. Um, I love horror, of course. Sam Raimi's you know a big fan, and to have that mixed in with the MCU in a very satisfying way was really great to see on the big screen. Um, I wasn't here to talk about it, but uh, Moon Knight 
I would say didn't really hit that bar as in the way that we thought they were going to before the mm-hmm. show came out. We got the one really great episode, um, but otherwise it was a little underwhelming in that in that aspect. Not the case for this movie. I thought it like Leah said, she's not going to take her kid to see this. It is just, <laughs> it has elements. It is a horror movie in the MCU, and I love that. Wanda, we will talk about, but damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is a flawed movie, and I'm still trying to come to grips with just how flawed and how much that means to me in the great, you know, the greater scheme of MCU. As far as a movie, it's, it was one of my favorite movies of the year so far, easily. In the MCU, I still have to really tackle that because it's a fun movie. Is it a good MCU movie? I'm not really sure, and we'll probably get into that a little bit deeper as we go. Um, but before we get to the awards, Ryan, what did you think about the movie? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was good, not great, um, and uh, a, a solid uh, MCU movie. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed it more than the first Doctor Strange movie, and I thought, um, I still think, as far as Strange goes, uh, Benedict's best performance was Infinity War, but I thought this one was really good. Um, I, I loved um, the uh, the bigger role that Christine had. Uh, I thought America was great. Um, Wong is always wonderful. Um, the Wanda stuff, I, I'm still going back and forth on it. Um, I, I do like all of the time that she got in the movie. Um, as far as the decisions go, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm still digesting that and going back and forth but it was definitely a bold direction um i'm not a big horror person but i i did enjoy that those aspects of it um but yeah i i thought it was solid and uh in my mcu rankings i have it just outside the top 10 at this point so oh yeah speaking of rankings does anyone have this ranked yet i i don't i have no idea where i'm putting it right now i'm away for my my phase three rewatch yeah, that's that's the trouble is I am I reset my rankings to do it as I was rewatching. So I'm doing it in real time. So like I have everything up to what I've watched in my rewatch along with this movie ranked. So in terms of that, I think it's ranked uh, maybe 10th or 11th, um, which I mean, that's saying it's still saying something considering I've, I've gotten to like Guardians 2 and Winter Soldier and Black Panther and movies that I adore. Um, so it's it's right there in the top ten for now. We'll see what phase three movie probably drops it a little bit. <laughs> right, Leah, did you have? I will tell you right now. I hate ranking them. I hate ranking them because <laughs> um, I feel like I change my mind on the daily about which things I like more. I know which ones I really like. I know which ones are middle, and I know which ones are like near the bottom. But like actually like putting a number to them, I fucking hate it. <laughs> so you put the Pearson. Would this but, go? Yeah, in the tears. Or in the top I put it. I would put it in the in the the top like third for sure. Okay. No. Oh yeah. Chitanya. Well, I'm kind of the opposite of Leah because even though I know I'm gonna hate ranking them, I kind of love ranking them because it's just really fun to see where I fall. Um, right out of the theater. In general, that's kind of how I do it. And this time, I it just further reinforces my personal rankings which is that like from 8 to 26 they're all like really really good 
in terms of things that I like. And then there's the elite MCU above that. And then there's like the three or four that I just don't care for. So right now I've got it at 12 and that includes the, Dis- the Disney plus shows. Mm. Um, so I thought it was good. I had a really good time with it. And I'm not the biggest horror fan as Ryan alluded to as well, but I, people will know this about me that I rarely go to a horror movie borderline never. And I thought this was great. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think we've said enough about the movie. Shall we dig into these awards? Let's do it. And first up, we have the Wallflower Award. Ooh, yes, the Wallflower Award. This is one of my favorites. This is where we get to talk about the actors and performances that didn't get enough time on the screen and we wanted more of. And the time that they did have, they shown. You know, they just were amazing. So, Leah, let's start off with you. What's that nom for the Wallflower? So my nom for the wallflower is going to be um, is going to be I'm, it's going to be Sarah. I don't know if you guys remember which one was Sarah, um, but she was the uh, the very maybe love interest of Wong uh, at Cortage <laughs> who dies and like she's feisty and fun but like we get nothing with her we don't know why they have a connection we don't know their history we know nothing and she looked like she was going to be a blast and t- t- no she did so she did. <laughs> she did she there she gone she did and it just I mean I don't even think they named her in there but I mean his girlfriend in the comics is named Sarah so I'm assuming uh, I looked it up and she was named Sarah um, but, but yeah, there's, there's just nothing there. And it was such a bummer because it's not as if, you know, the MCU has a ton of, of women and women of color and stuff. So let's kill another one, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen a lot more and learned about their history. Wong deserves all the happiness in the world. Yes, he does. Agreed. <laughs> What's your nom? Uh, so I'm gonna go with one. Um, kind of typically changing like what I what I usually go with with this award, and I'm gonna go with a character who is a lead character, but I have issues with the writing for her and just the way she was used, and that is Sochil Gomez as America Chavez. Um, I don't think she really has a character arc in this movie. <laughs> I think she is. A plot device like her power is really the only reason for her to have a place in this story um no it's very cool and i think social gomez it was fantastic like she really really amazed me in this role i thought she was fantastic i would this is one of those things where i get a little tired of like mcu things coming out and people immediately saying like i want this spin-off series and this spin-off series i'm fully in on a spin-off america chavez movie or series or whatever because she was great and I loved her. But I just, I think that she was a little uh, let down by the writing. I think Michael Waldron could have given her a little bit more. We get one cool scene with her backstory about what happened to her moms. And then that's basically it. I mean, otherwise, again, she's just in the movie to be a plot device and, and because everyone wants her power. I mean, even, even in the end of the movie, there's this really kind of sad but touching moment between her and Strange where she says, you're going to take my power, aren't you? It's okay, I understand now. And it like felt kind of like a touching moment, but it felt like there was something missing there because it's like, oh, she hasn't 
this isn't her like learning a lesson. It's just her being a good kid <laughs> and telling Strange like, I'm going to be brave and you can take my power. So good for her. But like, I just wish we could have seen a lot more from that character. It wasn't earned. 100%. It was not earned. Very fair. All right. Chitanya, who's your nom? I'm torn between a couple of options here. Um, and I think I'm going to go with Wong because what we got from him was so great. It feels like kind of on the mystical sorcerer side of the MCU, he has the same type of like love in the fan base that we get from uh, Michael Pena on the Ant-Man side um, as Luis. And it felt like he was just there for Wanda to threaten. It's like, we know you're a good guy. We know you're amazing and responsible. You're the Sorcerer Supreme. And Steven doesn't res respect you, but you still keep chugging along. But we're going to have her threaten you, and you're going to take her to, like, the most evil place in the MCU to get what she wants. And... Yeah, he, he stepped up defending Camertage and to a certain degree in the final battle as well. But it felt like he's one of these characters at this point on the sorcerer side and the mystical side where we can always get more for him. In a similar way with America Chavez, I would be totally on board for a spinoff with kind of like sorcerers in training, Wong kind of running them through their paces. Having that type of spinoff would be fun in my opinion. So. I nominate Wong. Strange Academy. Strange Academy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's a lot of different directions you really could go with this, um, because it is so heavily focused on on Strange and Wanda. Um, I am going to go with Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter because how dare you put her in a movie and then give me that, even though it was amazing, and I won't take that scene away. But it was just, it was like, it just pissed me off. Like, you give me, you give me Agent Carter live action and you take her away from me. You better give me more. That's all I ask. And that's what, that's what this award is for me. I need more of that character. I love Haley Atwell. I was a huge fan of Agent Carter. I'm still Agreed. mad that the show got canceled. It, it shouldn't have happened. Um, but that's where we are. And I just, I love Haley Atwell. And I thought her performance, very small. It wasn't amazing but we know what she can do and, and with that character there's so much more we could get so Haley Atwill Captain Carter so we have Sarah we have America Chavez we have Wong and we have Peggy Carter which one are we going to vote for for the Wallflower guys what are we thinking Leah um so the only reason why I said Sarah is because I wanted to actually get her name out there and say it. Uh, but my original one was going to be for Wong. So, I mean, because he's just, he's fantastic. And he's like, every moment that he's in, he shines. But they always go over his stuff, like, too quickly. Like, you want more of Wong. Like, but they just, like, real quick, he's gone. <laughs> and it just sucks. Great. Kyle, who's got your vote? Yeah, these are all four really great noms. Um... David, along the lines of yours, I thought of just saying the entire Illuminati. I know that's cheating, but I, I thought just because of the way they're <laughs> taken out, which I think is awesome and maybe the like, best scene in the movie, but, you know, it's 
I have that was one of my big issues with the movie was like the trouble with multiverse stories. The the downside of it is we sometimes have trouble caring about characters because they're not like this isn't our Peggy or even our Captain Carter from What If. This is specifically eight three eight Captain Peggy Carter. Um, even Xavier, you know, it's great to hear that music from. <laughs> great to hear that music from the animated series that shows up. <laughs> But that's not the animated series Xavier. It's not the X Men movies Xavier. It's you know eight three eight. So it's it's just difficult. So that's why I thought of like them for this award. But I think that she does get like the a, a great kind of spotlight in that small moment. She even gets to say the line, which I did. That was a great moment for me. I'm glad of all things that was not the one of the trailer. First saying I could do this all day. That was fucking awesome. Um, and then I feel kind of the same way about Wong in that like I'm with you. Leah and Jaitanya that like every moment he has is amazing and I'm like yeah that's the Sorcerer Supreme I love this dude and then it's like rushed over really quickly it's like no just go back to Wong like I want to hang out with him <laughs> Even, this is a testament to how great he is I saw this movie the second time with my father who is you know he's not really into these movies doesn't know a whole lot about the MCU and when Wong is like yeeted off the cliff by Wanda my dad was like no like he just audibly was like no way <laughs> No, just tell, it's Black dead. Panther, baby. It's Black Panther. It's, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Just give him some herbs. He's be fine. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I actually, I think I'm going to stick with, with America just because going into this, I think that now, while I may not know the character super well in the comics, I know that there is a big fandom for her, and I feel like they might have been a little let down because she is a prominent part of the movie, but really doesn't have any role of like substance. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for that one. All right, Chitanya, who's got your vote? So I'm voting for Wong, but before I do, I really did like the uh, American Chavez reasoning. Um, I think the way, the reason why I have to go with Wong instead of her is that for me, I totally agree about her being kind of not having a real arc and a lot of her story feeling unearned, but it also gave me real uh, Scarlett Johansson vibes from Iron Man 2, where I didn't have a lot of faith in that performance at all, but it's like you knew she was going to be something. And it feels like they just started telling her story and it felt like an Iron Man 2 entrance, sort of. And then we get a lot more from her in future appearances. Mm-hmm. So Wong, everything that needs to be said about him, honestly, has already been said. With the possible exception of, in the in the spirit of him being rushed and a lot of his kind of personality being rushed, I want to know his entire Spotify playlist from <laughs> the first movie and how it's evolved. And I would take a whole, like, youtube short about that so that's just how i feel about him yes yes um i too i'm gonna give my vote to wong um but for one when when leah mentioned her nom i had to think and like this movie had so much stuff happening i straight up forgot about that like i really did i was like oh yeah that that did happen um and then i i definitely agree with america chavez uh points um, I did enjoy her in the movie, but you're right. She didn't really have too much substance. She was a little bit more of a plot device, which is kind of what you... It's the danger of these MCU movies 
with the large supporting cast of superheroes, when it's not a team up, it's it's not about them. They are in fact playing that role playing role, and, and unfortunately, sometimes they they tend to kind of get left to the side. And I think that kind of is what happened with America. But like Chaitanya said, I do think we have a bright future ahead for her. And I I think this is maybe they didn't want to touch too much on her character, and they wanted to have the showrunner or the movie behind America Chavez give her that voice then again why did you have that character in this movie then if you if you didn't want to know that it's a lot of ifs and why nots and everything but i did still enjoy her her performance i will say that Haley atwell y'all know how i feel about that but but it's wong i I think wong was in it a decent amount but not enough not enough at all we want more wong and when you have a character that's people are wanting to see more than the main character I mean, in, in Doctor Stephen Strange, it's like, well, you know, maybe we'll be getting a Wong TV show, like I said, Strange Academy or Wong <laughs> Academy. You know, so that that's my vote. Ron, yeah, you actually just said, it, but uh, not to shamelessly steal from uh, Mal and Joe on the Ringiverse, but um, given that he is a social supreme, they think that the Strange Academy show should be Wong Academy, and I'm all here for that. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, then. Uh, Ryan, do us the pleasures. Yep. And the winner is... Wong. Now we are moving on to the Best Fight Award. That's right. Best Fight. MCU is chock full of action sequences and fights. Lots of conflict. Uh, so let's kick it off. Chaitanya, what is your nominee for the Best Fight Award? So I have a real strong feeling that one of my nominations is going to be taken. So I'm going to go a little off the map and really nominate the action sequence that gave me the most entertainment. Because in the MCU, there have really been kind of vibes that really make me enjoy the whole experience. So real Avengers 1, uh, Age of Ultron, um, Iron Man 2, some sequences, um, Civil War for sure. And Steven and Wong versus the huge eye monster, which I think people really got confused which one it was. I'm still not exactly sure which one it was. I did <laughs> see Gargantos being mentioned. Yeah. But that suit up moment was like for me the mystical version of some of tony's best moments in terms of like just suiting up in normal scenarios and just going right into the fray and that was a badass sequence mm-hmm. all right leah what is your nominee for the best fight award uh my favorite fight as far as like visually appealing and stuff like that um there's one that actually made me like gasp a whole bunch but the actual like the visual most appealing one was the musical fight yes uh, with sinister strange i believe he's being coined as um (laughs) it was gorgeous and i loved it and it was just like the music notes going through and how they were doing the spells and everything it was just i've never seen anything like that i thought that was just fantastic really Kyle, what was yours? What was your number? Yeah, so that was that was my number one with a bullet. Um, so I'm gonna go with the one that I 
kind of want to just save for another award, but it's okay. <laughs> it, it'll maybe we'll win both. Uh, but basically, Wanda soloing the Illuminati. Um, mm. It is brutal as hell. It doesn't last too long, but I think it is a great way of. I, I really realistically do not think there is any debate anymore after this movie. There wasn't before, but people are idiots. After this movie, I don't think there's a single debate as to like the power level of Wanda or like how she shapes up against other characters in the MCU. Um, she, I mean, the, the, the conflict, you know, her, her power is kicked off by probably the dumbest decision made by a smart person in the world and Reed telling her exactly what Blo- Black Bolt can do. <laughs> Just like shut shut the fuck up. You're the dumbest smart to quote iRobot, you are the dumbest smart person I have ever met. (laughs) So infuriating. I mean, of course. Swarmy prick. (laughs) I'm I'm grateful for it because it gives me just the brutal black bolt death, which was oh my god, it's just oh it's so good. And then you know the reed like spaghetti thing is amazing. Captain Carter was fucking brutal. I did not need that one. Like, if we could have just spared her and everyone else lived, I mean, died, I'm fine with that. But yeah, her get the shield and then dropping a building on fucking Captain Marvel is just, and then of course, you know, later on to Xavier getting his neck snapped. It's just, it is brutal. The fight is done so well. Um, I love the setting, like, of them being in that building with, like, the, it's very, I don't know how to explain it, but very contained while also there's a lot of movement going on. Um, Yeah, I just thought it was it was the most gripping moment in the movie. All right. Uh, Y'all took all the good ones. (laughs) I I did not want to go last on this one. (laughs) (laughs) One That was uh, it was it was good. You know, it wasn't amazing. Like these are like the Hall of Fame level. But you know the taking of Comrade You know mm-hmm. we we get the we get uh, the really the first showing of just what Wanda can kind of do with her. You know, without holding back or anything, and we get her. You know, a callback whispering in the in the uh, sorcerer's ears. You know, run. That that was really <laughs> cool, and it was really cool effects. You know, nothing special, but uh, I think it. You know, it's a good fourth place. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll nominate that one. But it's not going to get the W, of course. <laughs> but what will, uh, Shaitan? What's got your vote? I mean, can we just talk about the Illuminati for a second? Because they beat Thanos. Like we, Kyle mentioned, how uh, we can't really debate Wanda's power. These guys didn't need. It doesn't sound like they needed the Infinity the Infinity Stones, right? But. Right. It's 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 up in the air, right? I wasn't quite sure how much assistance they needed. It felt like that book was all they needed, but for her to take all of them out without blinking, like either that universe is strange was way more powerful, and like he helped them like to an incredible degree with Thanos, or that Thanos was a punk. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with um for as much as I like the suit up moments at the wedding, I have to go with the Illuminati. All right, all right. Leah, what's your vote? Yeah, uh, it's it's the Illuminati fight. Like I was on the edge of my fucking seat the whole time. I thought the other the musical fight was fucking gorgeous, but like the Illuminati fight. Also, I 
I gotta say, as much as I, I love Captain Carter and everything like that, should not have been in that room. So, not, <laughs> what are you fucking doing here? This is not your shit. Like, no. Okay. Um, they needed a strategist, okay? They what needed, was that? They needed someone who could think about, you know, on the battlefield. She, she was, she was, she, she's very good at what she does. Well, she wasn't that good, or she was told Reed to come fuck up. So, <laughs> come oh, on. God. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's the Illuminati fight, though. I mean, that was fucking bonkers. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. They'd never done anything like that before, ever. So, Kyle, is yeah. that your vote? Uh, I'm going to vote for that one again. Like Leah said, the the musical fight is is gorgeous and really gave me like. Fantasia vibes, which was yes. so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the Illuminati fight is just fantastic. And Chaitanya's talking about the Illuminati, you know, coming out of their their W against Thanos. I got to rep our, our producer, Ryan, with the greatest letterbox review I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is the Illuminati got murked by a barefoot Wanda in five minutes. They had a Super Bowl hangover after beating Thanos and never recovered. <laughs> <laughs> You've peaked, Ryan. It's the best thing you've ever done. Retire, <laughs> retire. Um, I am going to throw the lone vote to the musical no fight. Um, mainly because it was an actual fight. The Illuminati was a massacre. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So we actually had an actual battle, which was so cool. You had Sinister Strange. You had our Strange, and it's just like weren't really sure what was about to happen and then he grabs the sheets and like you literally see these music notes flying and you hear the music starting to to build it's like what and i i i'm a sucker for this is like one of my favorite things is is magical art um mm-hmm. is one of my favorites of course if, if you know me in this podcast at all and of course it's just like anything with musical fighting is i'm in and that was just beautiful it was so well done um and yeah that that's my reasoning is because this was a fight. The other was not a fight at all. It was just a <laughs> brutal, brutal. So, but we know the winner. Uh, Ryan, do us the pleasures. And the winner is? The Illuminati gets destroyed. <laughs> Massacred. <laughs> Is that time, retired. No, uh, I was just going to say, um, Kyle, uh, with obviously it was incredibly dumb uh, for Reed to just announce um, Black Bolt's powers that way. But uh, Kyle, you especially know, because we've been going back and forth, the memes from that moment have been fantastic. <laughs> They've been so good. Well, I'm getting to that. Don't worry. We've got an award for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's hit the next one then. And the next award is the award for the best quote. Best quotes, you know, uh, what more to say about it? This movie has some some good ones. What will take the win? Kyle, what's your nom? Yeah, lots of... So, <laughs> this movie, like, I got whiplash from the way it went from, like, really great lines to just cringe as hell lines. Uh, you're gonna have to 
you're gonna have to do more than kill me to kill me this time or whatever the fuck he says as a zombie come on man but then we get to some really great ones um i'm torn between two one i don't know if it's kind of cheating because it's a line that is a callback to another marvel movie that is not in the mcu which is great and almost made me cry but i'm gonna go with one from mommy sorry i mean uh wanda uh and that is uh it's very simple, but it's her basically comforting herself at the end and saying, know that they'll be loved. Um, I think we, we've we talked a lot and kind of talked in circles about some of the choices they made for Wanda and her, you know, her motivations in this movie. Uh, I'm still a little conflicted on some of the choices they made, but I think that as we've known about Wanda for a long time is that when she cares about someone or loves someone, there is not a thing she will not do for them. And so that tracks with their character. And then the idea that the only thing, I mean, she is just an unstoppable force in this movie. The only thing to talk her down is the, the realization that like her kids will still be taken care of and they'll still be okay with, with their actual mother. Um, I thought that was a really beautiful moment and it was of course delivered by Elizabeth Olsen herself, who is, you know, a fantastic actress. And it's just, yeah, it's a really profound moment. Again, a very simple line, but I thought the line delivery was, was everything then. Shatanya, what's your nom? This movie was so interesting with its quotes because some of the ones that hit the hardest were the emotional ones, even though it was so action-packed everything went so directly like in forward momentum um one that really hit hard emotionally for me was uh charles um xavier saying just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean they're lost forever and yes that really felt interesting with the whole illuminati because he was the one that held out hope um, even though in all likelihood they had no reason to trust a Stephen Strange in any multiverse because of the stuff that theirs had done so I gotta nominate this one alright all right, that's a good one Leah what's your nom uh, I am going with another Wanda one um, and it's basically if you knew there was a universe where you were happy wouldn't you want to go there hmm yeah, like it's a basic <laughs> question. I don't know anybody who'd say no. So I mean, if everybody would say yes, then you know, it's I don't know. It's your your happiness. If you know that you could be happy somewhere else and you have the ability to get there, then why wouldn't you? Like it's just as simple as that. All right, that's a that's a great one. Um, mine is from a character that we have not really talked much enough about i think i think she was was very serviceable did as literally as much as she could with the role um but it, it's when she was talking of course christine palmer to, uh, to dr stephen strange uh as to why they couldn't work out and why they never would it's a uh, because stephen you have to be the one holding the knife and uh our boy michael waldron loves his sharp pointy objects because you know he gave us <laughs> and love his adapter um, <laughs> I just, I, for one, I love the connection, and two, I mean, I personally really do like the progression of Stephen Strange in this movie. I do think it it definitely had a a theme for him, and he he grew. He really did. How much we'll see in the movies when they maybe 
retcon it and move it, roll it back like they sometimes do. <laughs> but um, for the movie, it, it it worked. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch really did well in that, and Christine Palmer. I thought their chemistry was about as good as it had been. How good is that? I don't know. But oh. I thought the really good line that really helped give us a you know even more of an insight of what makes Doctor Stephen Strange who he is. So I really like that one. Um, but we have two Wandas, a Charles Xavier quote, and one from from Strange. Which one's going to get the W? Kyle, what's your bet? Uh, I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Charles Xavier one. That was the other one I was thinking of. Of course, it is a callback to uh, Leah's favorite X Men movie, Days of Future Past. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I also likely have conflicting feelings about the movie in general, but I, I love that line in the context that it's used and probably the best scene of that movie um, and him talking to his younger self. And then the way it's used here, even if this is not that Xavier, I think it's a really beautiful and profound line. And like Shaitanya said, it's very interesting to come from an Xavier who the Illuminati is presented as very, I love that they presented them as very morally ambiguous because that's what they are in the comics. I mean, they really are, they think of themselves as like higher powers in the comics. And so the fact that they did kill their own strange, you know, and they, they are kind of judge, jury and executioner for him to say that, I think it, it, it speaks volumes. Um, so I'm going to go with that one. All right. All right. That's a great one. Chitanya, what's your vote? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with, uh, the Charles Xavier quote as well. Um, Kyle made some great points there for kind of the significance of it. I totally forgot about the connection with Days of Future Past, which I shouldn't have done, and I regret that, but it is <laughs> what it is. And even just in the context of being in the theater, watching it, and seeing that moment, the group of probably up to this point in the MCU, the least trusting people, and that's saying quite a lot, <laughs> with the Illuminati to have one of them stick up for almost like the person that he used to know in their universe that he sees a little bit of that old strange here and some of the growth that we get even after that quote it felt really important even for the strange Christine dynamic um, with 838 Christine uh, the resolution I'm sure we'll talk about the end credit scene at some point what, how that was kind of inspired by these moments. And I got to go with this quote here. All right, that's got two. Leah, does it have yours? Uh, so before I do my vote, there was one other quote that I, I really liked because it felt like a total fucking dig on our society at whole. And America says it, and it's the food's free in most universes. <laughs> I love that line. Um, I was like, ooh, shots fired it. <laughs> but my actual vote goes to Damon's is Christine's. Um, I just love that one. You have to be the one holding the knife. And I feel like it's something that just resonates and sits with him throughout the whole movie. And then he kind of like does help him change not a lot because it's still Stephen strange a control freak mm -hmm. um but it does kind of help him see that there are different ways there's other ways um and as a control freak myself i appreciated the introspection so yes um i am also going to vote from my own uh because not only 
not only does it really help him push him forward, but it it has us him reveal what was the problem. He was scared. He had fear. I mean, and it's kind of a part of that. He's scared of giving other people that control. Like Leah said, he is still very much a control freak, but he is maybe learning how to let go of it when when needed. Um, and I, I just think it's a really great line. So that's a tie, guys. That's two and two. We need our tiebreaker. Ryan, how's it going? It's going. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> this is a, this is a tough one. Which shall it? Ah, uh, jeez. <laughs> uh, okay, after deliberating, um, I'm going to go with the Christine one. Um, you have to be the one holding the knife, Strange, um, just because I, I think it's a really good look into his character and um, the the way that he is able to... Um, you know, trust America and convince her to trust herself at the end of the movie to stop Wanda um, is just a really great moment for him and, and shows that, you know, he can sort of, he, he doesn't always have to be in command and he, um, and not all of the stranges have to be like 838 strange. So um, he's able to, to see that in himself and, and grow. And um, it's a really good thing for him. Uh, and I think, Really interesting to see what he's like going forward after that. Right, right, I agree. All right, Ryan, do us the pleasures. Yeah, and the winner is Christine Palmer, because Stephen, you have to be the one holding the knife. And the next award is the Easter Egg Award. Yes, the Easter Egg Award. We were just talking about our favorite little references and hidden clues within the movie, whether it be about another movie, MCU, the comics, anything. Uh, let's get those those noms. Tanya, what's yours? So I'm going to go with one that probably isn't like a huge Easter egg. It's not like one of the ones that goes across universes, like with different properties. But I appreciated kind of its presence in the first Doctor Strange for all my issues with it. I liked it, but it was a mixed bag for me. Uh, the watch. I mean, first of all, Christine being able to afford that watch, and that that's a great friend. I still do not know how <laughs> Stephen fucked that up. I mean, we do, because we get a little insight in this movie <laughs> with all of his issues, but that's a hell of a watch. It's ridiculously expensive, and the shattered watch face from the very beginning, like the first act of the first Doctor Strange, it felt like a real significant moment when it broke. And that was there, kind of, as things started to calm down um, in, after the big fight, really seemed like a big moment in the character of Steven in particular. Because we got a lot of the emotional moments. We got a lot of his growth. We got way more than I expected, honestly. I thought it was just me really action heavy, really more focused on Wanda. And just the simple decision to fix that watch. I'm going to nominate that. All right. 
That's a great first nom. Let's go to Leah for her nominee for the Easter Egg Award. My nomination for Easter Egg is going to be all of the shoutouts to all the different horror movies. That was friggin' amazing. I mean, you had, uh, you know, uh, Carrie, obviously. She's drenched in the blood and whatnot. And she's walking through and, like, basically looks like a giant explosion of fire. Um, you know, you had Evil Dead um with uh the zombies and whatnot um there was even the shining when she was stumbling through the tunnels and she had her limp and uh she was terrifying um twilight zone when they took the mouth away it was just like a a love letter to a whole bunch of you know classic horror movies and parts and characters and I'm not a big horror person, but even, but I'm a big movie person. So I could really appreciate all those things for what they were. And it was kind of fun to be like, oh, that's from that. And oh, that's from that. So those were my favorite Easter eggs. When she climbed out of the gong. Like the yeah, ring. ring. That was, oh, oh my God. Yes. So fucking good. <laughs> so good. Titania, what's your nom? Oh, we got Titania's first. Oh, I'm already behind. Uh, Kyle, what's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, oh, this is tough. There's a lot of stuff in here. Um, so a moment in the movie that I honestly wish we could have spent way more time with was Strange in America jumping through or falling through all of the different universes. Um, I, for <laughs> one of my issues with the movie is like for a movie that is about the multiverse, they don't get very creative with the multiverse. Um, the most creative choice they make is, hey, they go on red here. Uh, so I felt a little let down by that part. Um, but in that moment when they're falling through all the different universes, definitely a shot of, I think, the Savage Lands. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, we see a couple dinosaurs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, the Savage Lands, you know, Savage Land, whatever. Very, very cool in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Marvel loves their their different trips to different universes um i you know we're gonna get to something later with another award about what i think should have been included in this but in terms of like lands that we saw there's also maybe a shot of like the living tribunal in there so like the idea that we are finally getting some multiverse stuff of like different universes i loved it but to specifically talk about one it's that shot of the savage land oh yeah that was so cool um I am going to nominate the X-Men animated series game Hidden when we see <laughs> because I love that series. That is what probably gave me my love for everything superhero. Like that is was my first and it will always be one of my favorites. I cannot wait for 97 to come out. Mm. Um it's just like you hear that and you see the yellow. I wanted not only that, but the yellow the yellow wheelchair just like those together mm-hmm. really the beautiful icing on the cake like we don't know what this charles xavier is up to maybe he didn't create the x-men good for you don't have a child army but you know we don't know but it was <laughs> such a cool um, so that's my not all right we've got uh horror movies galore we've got christine's watch we've got the savage lands and we've got uh, the X-Men, the animated series, shout. So, lots of great noms. Uh, Tatanya, what's getting your vote? So, this has been mentioned before by me, 
about me and I hate horror movies. I'm not a fan, but I did appreciate all the callbacks because I haven't been living under a rock and I have seen the references in the past. So <laughs> I'm going to go with all the horror movie references since that also means I probably never have to see the whole movies that were referenced. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi gave you an out. He's like, here, here's the spark notes. You're good. Here's a montage. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love that. Um, Leah, what, what's getting your bone? I, I'm going to go with the horror movie one, too. I mean, it just really solidified what the movie's theme was, um, where he was taking it. Um, obviously, he loves horror. We know that. And it just was all really lovingly, like, done that you could really see that that his homages were genuine. It wasn't just for like a shock factor or a laugh factor or anything like that. Like it was actually like, he's just love letters to the genre. I love it. Uh, I believe we have a frozen Damon, but <laughs> before we go to his vote, um, I'm going to go, yeah, it's going to be three votes for the horror movies just because... Like you said, like Remy is just an absolute. He's he's a fan of the genre. He is a master of the genre. I think, and he, yeah, he, he just every time there is a reference, it's done in such a loving way that you can tell he's just a fan. And I I also love that he's he's been given another big blockbuster. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I definitely don't fault him for Spider Man Three. I mean, I think that's a hundred percent Sony's fault. And so I love that he was given another chance to just have fun with the movie. I mean, I love that. Um, you even get like, you know, this is less of an overt reference, but when Strange and Christine are in um, Sinister Strange's universe, you see the Oldsmobile from Evil Dead just yeah. around. I love it. I love it. And of course, you know, Bruce Campbell himself, like showing up in the movie and having, I think, you know, rest in peace to Stan Lee, but I think Bruce Campbell should now be the cameo in every MCU movie. Oh, I love <laughs> that idea. <laughs> he was fantastic. I love me some Pizza Papa. Um, so that's, yeah, that's three votes for horror movies galore. Damon, is it going to be a clean sweep? Is it? I believe so. It, it's a sweep. It has to be. <laughs> um, there's, like, I love the X-Men shout out, but this is a horror movie. And when it did it so well, and from a, from a legend like Raimi, to have those in there was just so sweet. It was just fun little sprinkles throughout the movie that I loved. Uh, that's got to get my vote in the sweep. Shout out, shout out to like the confirmation of Earth 616 though. That was cool. Mm. I don't think we've ever, we have gotten that in the MCU before now. The only thing with that though, is the fact, isn't the comics 616? And so wouldn't that be its own universe within the MCU? I don't know. Yeah, that's where it gets a little confusing. Um, I think it was just their way of saying the MCU is the prime universe. So, yeah, I liked it just as a shout to the, the number designation. And the winner is? Horror movies galore. Let's move on to the next award. Okay. And next up, we have the Mic Drop Award. That's right, the Mic Drop. Uh, basically the oh shit moment, which this movie is basically full of, <laughs> like Leah said in our group chat. So basically the entire second act, <laughs> uh, the second half of the movie. Um, yeah, just a lots of shocking moments. Basically, this is the award for the moment that elevated the movie, got you really invested, gripped you the most, whatever, what have you. Um, Damon, what is your nominee for the Mic Drop Award? Going with first is daunting because there are so many. Um and some could be considered the best parts of the movie, some we've already talked about. 
Um, I, so I want to make sure I got one that we weren't really going to talk about in anything else. It's uh, Doctor Strange dreamwalking into his uh, zombie self. Mm. You, I mean, the fact is, unfortunately, the trailers sort of kind of ruined that. But you really didn't know what was actually going to happen uh, with that. Once you saw him cover up his, his dead variant, you were like, well, that's coming back. But you really didn't know. Check out his gun right there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Oh, just to check out his gun right there, the corpse. <laughs> oh, For real. And so, like, when it finally happened, we are just like, wow. And just this whole, the whole Dreamwalk sequence, really, with the demons was just absurd and amazing. I, I love the demon cloak. So that, that was mine. All right. Uh, Chaitanya, what is your nominee for the Mic Drop Award? Ooh. Again, honestly, it doesn't feel like going first or second really helps because I still have to pick between a lot of options here. So <laughs> I feel your pain, Damon. Um, <laughs> I guess it kind of counts for me because it still really raised my eyebrows, uh, even though it happened right at the end of the movie. And of course, I'm talking about the third eye popping open for our guy, Stephen Strange, because we thought we had gotten a movie where things kept getting leveled up from the very beginning with some of Wanda's uh, actions and her decisions. And, it felt like we were in the clear. And then we got a whole different kind of possibility of what we could be getting next. And that third eye was really quite the moment for me. All right, Leah, what is your nominee for the Mic Drop Award? Uh, so my nominee was the first time that I felt like we were going from, to me anyways, it went from a regular MCU movie to what the fuck am I watching was when that bitch crawled through the gong. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I am not prepared for this <laughs> because I am not a horror person. So I'm like, fuck. Okay. Um, so basically it was from that moment on, it was just gone. So... Oh, I'm just thinking of the way like her body contorts too, oh, and it's just no, oh, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> damn it, Kyle. Sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, yeah, I okay. So mine's also going to be Wanda. I, I, so going into this movie, I think we all had measured expectations about her, but just expectations that she would be playing, if not a full antagonist role, at least kind of playing both sides, right? Like. Because of where she leaves off at the post-credit scene of WandaVision and just who she is as a character at this point. Like, I, I think we all expected something ambiguous from her. Um, I personally, going into the theater, did not expect for them to be so overt about, yeah, she's the villain right away. Um, and so my moment in particular is Strange going to see her and her saying America's name. Like, that moment, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, she sent our octopus friend... She's the one gunning for America. There is no, I thought it was going to be like maybe another villain that she maybe just like turns on Strange halfway through the movie. No, she is the villain beginning to end. And I thought that was awesome. I love that choice. Some of the choices, again, with Wanda, I don't agree with, but the choice of making her an explicit villain from the beginning was a lot of fun. So that's, that's my nom. 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to vote for. Um, those are four actual mic drops, like all four. Mm-hmm. Uh, all fairly different parts of the movie, too. I mean, um, it just depends on how much of the mic drop. Chitanya's is the actual mic drop. I mean, it ends the movie. Um, <laughs> I will only say I w- they kind of walked back the excitement of that with the, the mid credit stinger, though. I mean, like, oh, God, what's hap- going to happen? Oh, nothing. He's just walking <laughs> Oh, he's just strolling down the street again. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, that guitar riff didn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> but I don't, oh man, the gong was so cool. And it just really ratcheted up like the horror. But like like Kyle said, we didn't know like what the capacity of Wanda was going to be. We didn't know the plot of the movie until that happened. As soon as she said America's name, he was like, we we're like, you never said it, did you? It's like, nope. Um, we we're like, okay, Wanda is going to be, Wanda's after America. Like, it all started clicking. The runes were hers on Gargantos. It was like, she's the one. And it just really amps up from there. Um, it amps up through all these. I think I have to vote for, for Wanda saying America's name, though. I think that's got to get my vote. All right. Leah, what gets your vote for the Mic Drop Award? I gotta go with the fucking gong. Like, it just killed me. Like, just, like, it was, it was just, like, like, I remember going back in my seat and being like, I am uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like this is how I'm going to be for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Chaitanya, is that getting your vote as well? We'll get your vote. I mean, I feel like, Almost on principle, I can't support the horror mo- moment, but <laughs> it was great, so I'm torn here. <laughs> um, I, I think that I'm going to have to go with Wanda's moment because I totally agree that I wasn't sure where we were going to start. I didn't know like what Wanda's trajectory was going to be. Like I had a feeling she was going to be the villain. And probably a full-blown villain, but I didn't know it would be right at the beginning. Everything from that opening sequence with uh, America and Defender Strange was because of her. And that was a real holy shit moment for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she just, she kicks it off. She's the reason for all of it. Um, I, so I'm going to vote for, for Leah's pick. Uh, I love that entire scene. Uh, I love you know, on the flip side, I love how scared it made me and <laughs> how uncomfortable it made me. And, you know, it just like, it, yeah, it, it, the whole, like her crawling out, I think was awesome, but also leading up to that, them trying to cover the reflections and like, I hate jump scares. And I think the use of jump scares in this movie was actually really effective. Like America looking at the puddle and her eye right there scared the fucking shit out of me. Um, yeah. And then her, crawling out of the gong is just like holy fuck this is the same like this is i'm hearing the wandavision jingle in my head but like i'm scared what's going on (laughs) Um, great use of that jingle in this movie by the way love the way they used it um but yeah i'm gonna vote for the gong moment because it is it's just uh it's just thinking about it my skin is crawling um so that That was the moment i realized I don't think my children can watch this movie. One hundred percent. And then it just the one. got worse. So, 
Um, all right, that is another tie. That means we got to go to our tiebreaker. Ryan, what is getting that vote? Wow. Yeah, another really hard one. Jeez. This is really tough. I mean, the, the the gong one is just so like so spectacular, uh, you know, a moment. But like the reveal with the name, and then the way you shift like the perfect garden to this just like destroyed wasteland, um, just like really got me. So I'm gonna go with um, the America reveal that Wanda is the villain. So. All right. It was the pleasure, Ryan. What's the winner? And the winner is the reveal of Wanda Maximoff as the villain. And now we have the Mephisto Award. The Mephisto Award. It was Mephisto all along, but it was it wasn't <laughs> again. Did we want him? Maybe. This award was thought up by our own Chitanya. And uh, essentially, it's the moment we wanted, but did not get. So, Leah, what's your nom? So my nom, I didn't know that I wanted it until it didn't happen. Because like I said, I kind of stayed really spoiler-free and stuff. Um, So I didn't know that the Illuminati was going to be there. Um, But then afterward, when I was thinking about it, the things that I really wanted is that I would have liked some mention of Tony. I mean, I know that this isn't the Illuminati from the comics, but I mean, for the most part, it kind of was. But you had the Ultron robots and stuff, just even like a a plaque or like someone saying Tony's name or or something. I would have I would have liked I would have liked that. So. I also would have liked the word mutant to be said. Wouldn't we all? Um, <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with one where... So there have been... There have now been two different times in the MCU in Phase 4 where I have thought bringing in the negative zone would have felt like a perfect natural choice. So in Loki, uh, at the end of, I guess it's episode 4, when Loki is basically wiped and sent to... We don't know what it is yet, but this wasteland of his own sees all of his different variants. I remember watching that episode and thinking, oh, fuck, he's in the negative zone. Like, that would have been so cool. I would have been so into that. And then in this movie, we have Reed Richards. And then we have um, uh, Strange and Christine sent to, again, another, like, wasteland of an area. I thought it would have been really cool if that was confirmed to be the negative zone. And basically, I don't think it needs to override the movie. I don't think we need to see like a bunch of villains that have been sent there or anything. But the fact that we do have a Reed Richards, we have a Baxter Foundation, like we have, he has a wife and kids, so we can assume this is an established Mr. Fantastic. I would have loved the idea of maybe not him just by himself, but the Illuminati having, I mean, they, we've seen that they are a harsh group when deciding the fate of people. So, like, I, I would have loved the idea of even maybe, like, when we get that flashback of them killing Strange, would have been awesome, awesome if instead of, like, Black Bolt killing him, they sent him to the negative zone, and then that's the Strange that he fights. I would have... Great. 
I would be so, you know, fascinated by that. But I just, I, as a comics reader, Fantastic Four were some of the first comics I ever read. And I always, I just loved the concept of the negative zone. And I think it would make for such a fun addition to the MCU. So I, I would have loved that addition, but we did not get it. Shadanya? So the reason I had the idea of what we wanted, but we didn't end up getting in this movie was that I heard a random theory somewhere and then I'd have thought about it and I really wanted to see it after, after watching the movie, I don't know how the hell it would have fit in, but there was something where the reason we didn't have mutants in the MCU was because Wanda had already deleted it in the past. And like, I couldn't help in like one of the moments, like in all the press where, the, where Charles was saying, tell him the truth before we got the movie. Like, I think we should tell him the truth. I was wondering if it was going to be something like that. Like, Wanda hasn't just been a villain since the beginning of this movie. Like, she deleted mutants, like, way before that. Like, maybe even before Age of Ultron. And that's why we haven't had them in the MCU. So, I wanted that. I don't think it would have fit in this specific movie at all. But that's what I wanted to see. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Mine is going to be what I really expected to happen and we didn't get was a permanent change to the multiverse. Like, we have had multiple movies and TV shows that supposedly, in our minds, we're like, this is it. This is where shit goes down. The multiverse is broken. Everyone starts colliding and it's, it's all topsy-turvy. It's all tied in a nice kind of little bow every single time, almost. I mean, we don't know the ramifications of Loki. We don't really know, like, what changed and what didn't. Where is Loki? Is in a different, completely different universe or timeline? I don't know. We don't know. No Way Home, we had a bunch of tomfoolery with the multiverse. Doctor Strange was in there. And supposedly, that didn't really change anything either, except for, you know, Peter's story. And then in this, the Multiverse of Madness, at the end of the story, what do we have other than just we had a story in the multiverse, but it didn't give us anything closer to the multiverse actually colliding on a on a large scale and being something very serious. So I just I like it's not like they're pulling the rug from under us, but like it's just like are they trying to delay the inevitable while still giving us these multiverse stories? Like it's like that's cool, but like I just I just keep expecting something to happen on a permanent scale, and it just like keep kind of not doing that. So yeah, that, that's my nom. All right, lots of great noms for the Mephisto Award. Leah, which one are you leaning towards? What's getting you both? Uh, I want to go with Chanos just because no more mutants. It was just such an mm. iconic moment in the comics. I mean, I, like you said, like it probably wouldn't fit in here anywhere, but like I love that idea. Um, it's so fucked, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's one vote for fuck you, mutants. Uh, Damon, what gets your vote? <laughs> um, I gotta go with the negative zone siding, you know? I mean, that's a really good one, one that we really could have gotten. And it's almost, if they had set that up before the Fantastic Four, that'd be some really great foreshadowing. 
But, you know, I guess they are saving it for something, or they felt like those weren't the right times. But I think they it could have worked really, really well. So that's, that's got my vote. All right, that's a vote for the negative zone. Chaitanya, what's getting your vote? I thought I was pretty sure that I was going to vote for my own. I'm a little torn because the lack of any decisive action on the multiverse really has been bugging me too. I really thought we were going to get some resolution in terms of like either breaking the multiverse, bringing universes together in this one because Quantumania is on the horizon as well. I th- and it doesn't seem like any of the movies coming up really connect to the multiverse other than this one that we just watched. I want to vote for that, but I can't. The possibility <laughs> of Wanda already having done something so iconic, and that's the reason that not only the whole MCU doesn't remember that mutants existed, but also in a way the whole viewing public doesn't remember it because Wanda deleted it from the MCU is oh, pretty yeah. badass. Very meta. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. That is two votes for Wanda, a vote for the negative zone. Oh, man. Um, okay. So Wanda wins, but I'm going to go ahead and give a, a, the lone vote to the, the multiverse one, to Damon's pick. Because, yeah, that, that was really – that was one of my biggest frustrations with this movie, especially, like – Go, and I, I just trying to remember if it was like, maybe this is my false expectations, but I mean, No Way Home, it's post credit scene is the trailer for this movie. So you, you, you see that and you go into this movie with the expectation like, oh, he's going to be dealing with the fallout of the multiverse breaking apart. And then it kind of is rendered moot when you bring in a character who <laughs> is just able to travel through the multiverse. Like maybe she can't control it, but like, oh, okay, so... It doesn't matter. Like, I just, I'm kind of with you, Damon, in that, like, they have been setting up for so long. The multiverse is going to be a big deal. The multiverse is going to be a big deal. And then, like you said, in every movie that deals with the multiverse, it's just neatly wrapped up in a bow. You know, like, this movie, it's funny because it relies so much on previous movies, but also does not do any setup for other movies. Like, it, maybe, I mean, the post credit scene, but, like, it really does just tie things up and nothing has really changed at all. Um, you know, so I, I just, I'm curious about what their brand planned is with the multiverse. I've learned not to really question the MCU when it comes to planning things because they clearly know what they're doing. And I mean, the infinity saga, like that is planned out very, very well. And so I have faith in them. I'm just getting a little, like, maybe it's just me being impatient, but I want to see some actual multiverse consequences and, like, what happens with... I remember watching the Loki finale, and again, like, I've, I've said many times in this podcast, I maybe don't love that finale as much as everyone else does, but it certainly did set up real consequences because it was like, oh, shit, like, Kang is now in control of the TVA, and, like, what? how is that going to factor into other things? And it hasn't at all yet. So... You know, like I, I'm, I'm curious about how they're gonna how they're gonna address that. So that gets my vote. Um, but I'm definitely I am so okay with Wanda getting the win because I agree that's one of my favorite moments and maybe all of comics in general is no more mutants. It's just mm-hmm. it's so iconic and and yeah, that has such a meta 
connotation to it. I love the way Chaitanya said it not only wipes the memory of the MCU, it wipes our viewer, like our memory. Like, of course, we wouldn't know the mutants are the MCU because Wanda wiped them. You know, like it's just it's very clever. It would have been a really cool addition. Um, and I'm, now I'm sad that we didn't get it. So I'm perfectly happy seeing that get the dub. And the winner is. No more mutants. And now we have award for the most memeable moment. That's right. I've been waiting on tender hooks for this one. Uh, we have the most memeable moment, basically either our favorite meme to come out of the movie or yeah, that moment in the movie that we think is going to be just a huge, huge meme. Uh, if I may, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and take the first nominee for this. Just because <laughs> Ryan alluded to it earlier. <laughs> he and I, if you go to like our me our messages on Facebook, it is just constant. The two of us going back and forth with, I'm just going to call it quote unquote, what mouth? Um, and that's Reed <laughs> fumbling the bag more than anyone has ever fumbled the bag and saying, yeah, giving away their, their secret weapon and telling Wanda what Black Bolt can do. The memes have been fucking glorious. Uh, I'm going to, again, shout out Ryan, who made one, and it's probably my favorite one yet. The top frame is uh, Ryan Reynolds from X-Men Origins Wolverine. I'm the Merc with the mouth, and then the next one is Wanda, what mouth? And then it's him with his mouth so shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's fantastic stuff. It's my favorite thing on the internet right now. So that's that's my nom. <laughs> that's it. All right, uh, Chaitanya, what is your nominee for the most memeable moment? See, I feel a little out of my element here because it clearly feels like Kyle is the lord of the memes. Ryan is kind of co-lord of the memes here, and. So I never really go looking for them, but one that really felt like it had a lot of possibilities was well, as Captain Carter with I Can Do This All Day. Like, there feels like there's a lot of opportunity there for her, for Cap, for any of the versions that we've seen, any of those moments where we have a Captain America, a Captain Carter breaking that out. I feel like there's potential there. There's a lot of meta, very meta possible uh, potential for that one for sure. Um, Leah, what's yours? Uh, mine was it came out when the first trailer dropped. Was really the uh, that doesn't seem fair. Like there's five million of them and they're all brilliant and they're fantastic and they're making fun of white men usually and I love that. So it's that's my vote. All those. <laughs> oh God, um, those are all so good. Um, I'd, I'd seen them, and I, I went searching. I went hunting for, for ones just to see if I'd missed any, and I stumbled upon this one. And I'm going to send it to, to the group when uh, after the chat because I'm on my phone recording this. But essentially, it, it has the two, two split shots of uh, Doctor Strange fighting in a symphony fight and Sinister Strange fighting. And Doctor Strange has the face of Mozart on him. He's <laughs> fighting. Another one has Baker. And it says symphony intensifies, and it's just, it's just really nerdy. Just, I, I love stuff like that that shoots back to like history or something really obscene. Mm -hmm. So that's that's mine. 
Beethoven and Mozart have the symphony fight. That's good. All right. Lots of great memes. This is, I honestly, like, the MCU has been, we've been getting tons of memes from them with the shows, but I feel like this movie has been the most, like, we've gotten so many good memes from this movie already. And it's been, what, two weeks? Um, so lots of great noms. Uh, to Tanya, where are you leaning once again, you go? I'm tempted to go with Damon's because it just made me laugh the hardest. <laughs> I, I, I kind of had, <laughs> I kind of had um, the other um, two, Kyle's and Leah's. Uh, what now is, like, I, I had it for, like, mic drop as well. Like, it was amazing in terms of, like, shifting stuff. So, I'm going to go with what now. That there's... I'm going to have to get all of those memes. I want to see more of them. I'm going to look, probably go looking for them for a few days now. And that's my vote. <laughs> all right. That's one, one nom for what now. Leah, what gets your, your vote? I'm going that doesn't seem fair. It's just the ones that I've seen the most of. Um, and every single one has been brilliant. And it's just, yeah, it's basically the, the equivalent to me of the Anakin uh, Padme uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, I love that. What's the vote? I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the with what mouth. It just this is probably just because of recency bias, and again because of the last couple of days of Ryan and I <laughs> going back and forth. But it, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like you can you can do literally anything with it. You can even like change up the uh you know the phrase one of my favorites and i guess this is also no way home or not no way home, amazing spider-man 2 spoilers but one is where like <laughs> ryan sent me is spider-man is standing with gwen and he's like gwen you know don't worry spider-man i got your back and one is like what back and then it's just andrew holding <laughs> <laughs> fucking brutal i hate it it makes me so sad but it's yeah the meme potential is amazing we're gonna see memes like this for <laughs> months to come yeah i those two that doesn't seem fair in the in what mouth they have the most range you, you can swap out way too much stuff for them i i, I gotta go with what mouth just because it, i i find those a little bit more creative but the, that doesn't seem fair it came out so strong out the gate and i, I think we're gonna see them both for, for a while so mm -hmm. I want to shout out to another one real quick is uh, I it's only recently I've seen in the last like day or two, but the I guess it was a trend on Twitter where someone was just like, this was my multiverse of madness. And it is like, you know, Disney Channel movies crossing over right. and like and people did this back in like Infinity War, like Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover. Hold my beer, Disney Channel original movies. Like, <laughs> I love that one. That great. <laughs> so good. All right, Ryan, do us the honors. And the winner is what mouth? What? Let's move on to the next one. It keeps sounding like wet mouth. I will say that it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have the award for valedictorian. Yes, the one, the straight A's, the one who did the best, the best performance of Multiverse of Madness. Let's go. Chitanya, who's your nom? Ooh. 
chance to go first is really a fun one because it feels like we have no real main leads here. And I'm going to go with Steven because what Doctor Strange really has had, apart from, in all honesty, the worst hair choices and wigs in the MCU, just because of the consistency. Consistently, it's felt so wrong and it felt so fake at so many different times. We finally got really good character development for his character. And in the last few days, I really kind of put him up with the ponies in the world in terms of where he stands as a complex, kind of arrogant hero in the MCU. Because of all the stuff we got in Multiverse of Madness. But he did a lot of stuff in Infinity War. He had a huge moment in Endgame. He made big strides in his first solo movie, but this movie, we really got a lot about what is underneath all of his issues, why he behaves the way he does, why kind of the reckless attitude that we even saw in No Way Home, like where all that might be coming from. It's like, I got to kind of defy Wong when he tells me not to do the spell like a lot of it seems to come from a lot of the moments we had in this movie and i'm going dr strange here i feel pretty good about it too oh yeah kyle what's your nom um so i'm gonna go with one that uh first of all so i would like to clarify from earlier um damon mentioned like this role was you know serviceable did the best she could i one of my really like pleasant surprises of this movie was how much I enjoyed Christine Palmer. Um, especially because so one, I'm a huge Rachel McAdams fan. And I, I mean, obviously nothing in the first movie is her blame. I think that they just gave that character absolutely nothing to do in the first Dr. Strange. And she's just there as a love interest. Like she really just does nothing in that movie. And so giving her agency in this movie, making her, um, in charge of like designating multiverse or different universes, um, being in on the action, and then also being able to like actually buy the romance between her and Steven, um, and, or at least the connection between the two of them was really great. And I think that Rachel McAdams, again, is a very talented actress. And so she was actually given, you know, stuff to work with this time, and it really shone through. Um, yeah, I just, I really loved Christine. I loved, um, it was one of those things where like going into it, I almost had like forgotten that Rachel McAdams had been in an MCU movie, which I hate because again, I love Rachel McAdams. So I was like, why would I forget that? Oh yeah. Cause she was given nothing to do in that first movie. And so even from the very beginning with him being at her wedding and she, you know, she gives the line that Damon uh, nominated with the, you always have to be the one holding the knife. I thought that was a great line. I was like, okay, they're giving her a little bit more. Let's see what, where they go with this. And then, yeah, him, they set up really well him meeting her in Earth 838. And then from that point on, it's just really wonderful. Like, I, I, she's fantastic. I, a line I almost nominated, it's a little corny, but I love the, where he's talking about how, like, I, I don't, it's not that I don't want to care for someone to have someone care for me. It's that I'm just scared. And she's like, face your fears. Like, it's just such a simple line 
but because it's Rachel McAdams and because it's a Christine that we've now come to love, it's a really powerful line. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna nominate Rachel McAdams as Dr. Christine Palmer. Yeah, who's your nom? Um, so one thing real quick I wanted to say about Kyle's is Christine is that I almost wish you had a category that was like for, for MCU or for sequels and stuff like that for like most improved player or something for like someone that did kind of get sidelined and kind of got a bad hand or anything like that. And then in their next one, it's like, holy shit, like you're a real character. Like they fleshed you out. You were able to show more range and stuff like that. Cause I would a hundred percent, that would be my, my person would be Christine for that one. Um, but as for this category, I mean, I have to go with Wanda. I feel like, like yeah, the best performance valedictorian. Um, she did drama in this movie. She did action. She did horror. Um, obviously, um, Olsen is, she's just amazing in everything she does. Um, and just like, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a parent, but like the mother stuff, like, it's like, I don't know what I would do in that sort of situation. If I lost my children and then there was a way that I could get my children, would I sacrifice another person that I don't know this bitch? Like I, I just got my kids. I want my kids. Um, so like, you could actually like feel the emotions behind it and everything and just kind of understand where she's coming from for that. Um, and it just, yeah, she was just amazing. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Every scene that she was in, she killed it. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people freaking out about her, but but I don't, the character, like, in my brain, just remembering comics, like, Scarlet Witch always went back and forth. Like, Scarlet Witch wasn't always good. Sometimes she was straight up evil. Like, I don't, I don't know. I was okay with what happened because it was true to her character that I know from history. So, but I know that there's a lot of people who do not feel that way. So. My nom is going to be the winner of the wallflower, Benedict Wong as Wong, because even though we didn't get enough, what we did get was fantastic and really couldn't have asked for much more. Like, we were we were talking about this uh, earlier in the week, Kyle, about just the really the best part about Doctor Strange is Wong. Really, just like his scene, he's kind of a scene stiller, and I mean, I feel like he became such a fan favorite. That's almost why they made him Sorcerer Supreme. They're like, yeah, you know, people like him more than Steven. Wouldn't it be funny if he was Sorcerer? Yeah, let's do that. You know, and it just it makes more sense, really, in the in the storyline. I mean, he's a more responsible person. He's more empathetic. He just. He knows what he needs to do, and Strange just kind of does whatever he wants to do. Um, he grows, of course, obviously, but I mean, just Benedict Wong just has this this great presence and just so warm, funny, but also can be serious and just really great action uh, character. Really, I love every action scene he has in the movies, every time. And of course, when he fell off, when he got thrown off the uh, the side, it's like, well, I wonder how he survived that, because there's no way they were going <coughs> to kill Wong off screen. That wasn't going to happen. So, got to go with one. All right, we've got Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange. We've got Rachel McAdams as Dr. Christine Palmer, Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch, and Benedict Wong as the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Wong. Oh, man. Uh, fantastic nominees. Uh, Leah, where are you leaning? What's getting your vote? 
I'm I'm going Wanda. Like she was the first person I thought of. Actually, I was like, someone else is gonna say Wanda, and I'm just gonna be like, yes, that one. I agree. Yeah, I have no option. Um, so I just I have to stick with her. I think she was she was just utterly fantastic. And I, you know, you, there's no body. Like you know, you, you don't know she's dead. Dead. No, she's alpha level. You know, powered. So should be back. All right, Chaitanya, what's getting your, your vote? So, I mean, I'm between Wanda and Steven here. And before I decide, David, when you said that Wong is responsible, does that include um, him hiring or being friends with Abomination and have him running in an underground fighting ring? <laughs> it's fantastic. He's he's making he's getting a job, getting him on the good side and getting money on the side. I mean, I don't what what's the I don't see the problem. Getting that bag. It's a hustle. Getting that bag. <laughs> hustle. What's more responsible than a side of uh, Ryan? That's on there. Yeah. So clearly, um, clearly, abomination is going to be the defense against the dark arts teacher at the Strange Academy. <laughs> I was thinking more care of magical creatures, but you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, so what we're saying here is that um, Kaecilius from the first Doctor Strange and Wanda from this one are both calling Wong a hypocrite as well. <laughs> Basically. But to be fair, Damon did make a very good defense of our guy Wong. So uh, I just had to say that. I... One of the things about Wanda, because as I mentioned in the very beginning when I was talking about how I felt about Multiverse of Madness, was I wasn't sure how I felt about Wanda's arc. And it wasn't because she was the villain. I was perfectly cool with that. I appreciated it. It made perfect sense. But something about the way that we went from season one of WandaVision to this in particular felt jarring, if that makes sense. It felt like even though I thought about it, like, oh, it's been like two years of Wanda in the wilderness, um, basically with a cursed book to keep her company, Clint not showing up because obviously you save Wanda once, that's all that's needed, right? But I think I would have really liked to see a type of like time passing um, montage, maybe even like from the very last scene we got in WandaVisions, like the book Corruption, a lot. Um, and to Kyle's nomination for Christine, I wonder if that affects how I vote here because so much of what made character development work so well was like the incredible like 838 Christine Palmer. Like she seemed like one of the smartest people in that universe, and she would not have fucked up by revealing Black Bolt's superpower. I just have a feeling that she wouldn't do that because she's probably smarter than Reed Richards, and that's how I feel. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Wanda for just the simple reason that it felt like a lot of Steven's character development and the kind of brilliance that he had was because of kind of wedding Christine and 838 Christine. So I'm going to go with Wanda just because of the sheer dominance of her role. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably, that's a third vote for Wanda from me. Um, just to give love to all the noms, though, I mean, we we joke going back to our very first Effies was WandaVision. We gave her the award as well, like back in, back in the day. And we joked about, like, I hope we don't end up giving this award to just the lead every time. I think it would have been justified if it went to Stephen Strange here because he is, he's really great. He's very compelling. Like I said, I've never really found him to be a very interesting character before. And I think that he really comes through in this and is a very uh, just compelling and relatable character. And the, the struggle that he goes through, even from the very beginning when he's at the wedding and, uh, you know, our guy, um, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg's character is, you know, talking to him about the blip and asking him, I question the logic of him knowing about that. Like, why would he ask him such a leading question? Was he there? But, you know, other than that, like him asking that question and kind of such strange (laughs) on this trajectory going through the movie of like, oh, did I make the right choice? Do I make the right choice in in the heat of the battle, you know? Um, So he played it really well. And I I, I did really love Cumberbatch in the the role. Um, Yeah, we've mentioned Wong. I mean, he's just the MVP in these movies. He, He... I love the moment when, like, the MCU will give you these great moments of character entrances, and it's typically the lead of the movie. So, like, when they'll come through, you'll get the swell of music. That happens for Wong. Like, when, when Strange is fighting uh, our tentacle boy, uh, Wong shows up, and, like, the music is blaring, and he's just, the Sorcerer Supreme is here. It's such a cool moment. Um, so I love, yeah, he's fantastic in this movie. Uh, I've already said, you know, my piece about Christine, but Wanda, I mean, my, my, you know, uh, like a team of MCU performances cycles quite a bit, but I think basically since 2015, Elizabeth Olsen has been at the top of that list. Um, she just, every time I see her in an MCU thing, she just amazes me. Like she's just so vulnerable and powerful. And in this movie, terrifying <laughs> and is just like is able to switch between those different emotions and in playing two versions of herself like playing 838 wanda and trying to protect her kids and then you know the viciousness of her like trying to calm the kids down and like yelling at them to stop is really great like it's it's scary you know and she's just again like she she plays the role so convincingly that i yeah, like we mentioned, you know, maybe some choices are, are rushed or maybe even misplaced. But like Leah said, like, it, yeah, she's it's totally within her character. It, it, it tracks with who she is. She's basically a character that's been marked by loss from the very beginning, right? Like, she loses Pietro in her first appearance in the MCU. She loses Vision at her own hands. She loses her children. You know, I, I this has nothing to do with her performance. I kind of makes me a little sad like that this movie basically undoes any lesson that she learns in WandaVision um but I think again it's more about what the bigger picture is so it, it it's it, you're still able to enjoy WandaVision as, as its own piece I think um but like Leah said there's no body and also when the movie ended I was like that's a dumb way for her to go out but then I was thinking you know what no because of like the army of fans that Wanda has if that were to be the end of Wanda Maximoff in the MCU, like there would be fucking riots going on right now. I, mean, I would probably be leading the charge. I mean, she's just like, she's too much of a fan favorite for her to just drop a building on herself and peace out. Um, so, you know, 
I, I, I'm really excited for the next time we see here because we don't even know if it'll be our Wanda. It could be a different universe as Wanda or we're not sure. Like it's, it's a, it's an open book, but I, for this movie, I think she definitely is the valedictorian. Um, I, I personally think Wanda's definitely not gone. There's no way they would have killed her off like that. that. I'm like more sure of that than like the infinity war deaths. And we already knew about that. Yep. So he's coming back. No worries. Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff gets the clean sweep. Obviously for everything y'all said, she's, She's just so good as that character. She's able to hit everything that she needs to do and does it so well. Um, she needs to get that W for sure. Rachel McAdams, I'm definitely glad she got the the nom. Um, you know, I did say she was just, you know, did with what she could do earlier, but maybe I should have voted, you know, nommed her for Rawflower because she was very good in what she gave us. Um like Leah said, I think we're going to steal that from from you. We're going to do most improved uh, player going for, going forward for some of these. I like that um, because she really was. She had a lot more of a meteor uh, role, and she did really good. Uh, Benedict Wong, like I said, I, I loved everything he did in there. Stephen Strange, I was one of the people who really was just not down for Benedict Cumberbatch to be Stephen Strange when it first got like that was one of the first ones where I was like, I'm eh, I really don't like this. It could have been someone else. Give us Oded for her. Like, give give us someone who's not him, you know? Like, this is, it was almost like a typecasting at that point. You know, Sherlock, it's like, you're just going to play Sherlock. Um, obviously, you know, it was, he, he's won me over since then. And this was a big part of that, uh, along with Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, this movie especially, he was able to show a different side of uh, Strange for us. And like y'all said before, we, we've never really seen what makes him tick. We've just kind of seen what drives him and like what he wants to be, but we never saw what he cared for, what really he's, you know, wanted in his personal life. And this was a really, I, I thought Cumberbatch did really, really great stuff in this movie, but it, it was Wanda's movie. People were making the joke that this was a Wanda Maximoff movie, really. And it, for the most part, it, it really was. We had a really great journey with her that I thought really was earned. Um, Personally, I thought the fact that the Darkhold had a hold of her and we also saw just how, you know, what she was willing to do, even if she was doing it subconsciously in WandaVision, um, to have the Darkhold for so long and to have these this drive to see her children, it, it made sense that she was going to do these things. Um, people backslide very often in life. Um, it's not always a, a climb. It's, a, you know, it's often one step front two steps back um and i i think we're gonna see maybe uh i don't know i i love this for wanda's progression also because now we don't know what we're going to get from wanda next will we get a very completely redeemed wanda will we get a wanda that is dealing with the trauma from all of this but trying to do better will we not will the next wanda we see be uh the 838 wanda i don't i don't really know but i am so ready to see where we go from there here because of what happened in this movie. Um, but I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is just fantastic and she, she killed this role. So. And the winner is Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff. And now we have the award for best memory. That's right. Best memory, best moment, best scene in the movie, basically our favorite 
scene or, or moment in the Multiverse of Madness. So, Damon, kick us off. What's your nominee for Best Memory? Um, so, a lot of people have, have said this before. We have said this before. And some people are saying about this about this movie. I disagree. I think this movie has a very good third act. I personally think the climax worked really well. Um, it, it gave you the action in, in like the big fight, while also in the middle of it, giving us a very emotional and poignant resolution, or at least a, a, a progression for Wanda when she realizes she was she was scaring her children, or you know, eight three eight's children, um, and she, she just really realized like you see that that the flip of the switch in her eyes when she kind of realizes that she's she's doing this, like she is causing harm, possible harm towards these children that she considers her own. And it's just, I thought it was so well done. And of course, I hate the fucking marketing. Why did you show us the scene of Wanda and Wanda together? Like, I wish I could, I would have saw that for the first time in the movie theater, but it still worked. It still was really, really great. And I, I really love that scene. So that's my nod. Specifically, the Wanda, uh, the Wanda and Wanda conversation. Love it. All right, Chaitanya, what is your nominee for best memory? So, I think I'm between two, as it so often happens with these epies. But um, the reason we got such a kind of worthwhile progression for Stephen Strange in particular really for me started at the wedding from the moment he's getting ready to go there that whole sequence ending when he suits up it felt really like the first moment where it's like oh this is going to be a different type of Stephen Strange not just someone doing something not just someone who's already really accomplished in his field and having to start over but someone who we might actually learn something about and I really kind of compared it to a lot of the emotional work we got in Iron Man 3 for Tony, like with his PTSD, where it's like the wedding, it's like you could see so much of the things that he was going through on his face when Christine's walking down the aisle, when he's <laughs> accosted by um, his, his doctor colleague who's like, why didn't you make a different call? It's like, you can see so much of what he's feeling from the moment he's getting ready to the moment he has to leave and be the superhero that Christine's husband is such a huge fan of. Like, I nominated that from the moment that really got me pretty early on. And I was pretty surprised that that was what really set a tone for Stephen Strange's whole arc here. Kyle, what about you? Uh, okay, so this is my chance. Uh, I'm just going to throw out a nominee for one that I don't think is going to get any votes, but it's just it made me, as a, as a diehard both Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead fan, so happy. And that is the Souls of the Damned coming out to fuck with Stephen Strange. Um, that is a scene that is ripped completely out of Evil Dead. Like, from the high-pitched voices to even, like, the way that the souls look, it's just... 
Oh, it's so good. It made me, I was sitting there like grinning like a fucking idiot in the theater. I mean, I just, it made me so happy. It took me back to watching The Evil Dead for the first time. And it, you know, I, I, it's just, it's, it's a campy, it feels like a B movie moment in a big budget movie, which we really don't get much of anymore. I mean, I, I think, I feel like camp is a thing that people really try to avoid in movies at, at this point. And I, I love campiness in movies. I think that that's kind of the point of watching a comic book movie. It's going to be schlocky. It's going to be dumb. Like, let it, you know, lean into that, right? Um, so, yeah, just that moment where he he begins dreamwalking, we see kind of the zombie strange, and then the souls of the damned show up and are, are kind of taunting him is definitely my favorite moment. Oh, yeah. Leah, what's yours? Uh, so mine would be what felt like kind of seeing a big screen what if moment where it's you know you walk in and it's the illuminati's there and just seeing those characters all together you know you see two new ones with the captain carter and the captain marvel i know captain marvel's not new but this iteration was and then you just see like these other three characters from your childhood black bolt professor x and reed richards and it was just like so freaking cool to just see all of them on that panel together and it just uh, it would have been fantastic, you know what I mean, if they had included Black Panther and stuff like that. But just even what we got was just phenomenal. And and that just kind of, I don't know, that kind of blew my mind. It was kind of similar to like the um, the first Avengers movie where it just looks like a scene out of the comic book where they do the big spread. And it's just going from panel to panel and the big fight scene in New York and everything. And it just it just it looks completely out of a comic book. And I I love that. So. Those are really good ones. I, as far as voting goes, um, I I tend to not enjoy. I I very much love the strange meeting of the Illuminati. I just like why did they have to let us know in the trailers? Like, what was the point? of letting us know something that would have literally blew our minds when we first saw it. Like, it, I, I could just imagine the gasp in the, in the room. And of course, they came when we see Reed Richards, because for the most part, I, I didn't know. I, I felt like, I thought they kept that one secret, but did, was there any leaks on that at all? I didn't hear it. I think there's all. theories, but like, I don't think it was anything confirmed. Whereas everyone yeah. else I'd seen a picture of, like, I, the trailer's like the Captain Carter spot later, like right before the movie came out, was stupid. But still, the fact that that scene still so great, even though it was coming. Um, the Souls of the Dam was great. I, I gotta go with the Wanda Wanda. Um, I, I just felt like it was. If if that wouldn't work, the movie would have felt really really fun. Um, it, it, the. So I, I felt like that was really well done. So Wanda's conversation. All right, Chaitanya, what gets your vote for best memory? Ooh. Decisions, decisions. Um, the Illuminati sequence. Um, it's still kind of the most breathtaking visually, kind of where we started out 
all these really complicated heroes who definitely seem like they, they've been swayed by so much. Um, they've had to make really tough calls, like destroying one of their own members as well. Um, I think I'm going to go with that because that really kind of took my breath away in a way that the rest of the movie did not. Like, the rest of it was great and there were really fun moments, but seeing these characters, even people who I wished I'd seen with like kind of the pipe dream of a Tom Cruise Iron Man uh, slash Tony Stark, that would have been hilarious. Uh, Black Panther, obviously, that just didn't work out for the obvious reason, which I'm very curious to see what we're going to see with Black Panther 2 for that very reason. But I'm going to go with the Illuminati scene just because it really was jaw-dropping. It felt big, if that makes sense. It felt very expansive. And we felt like we were Stephen Strange at that moment where these really huge people who were obviously really important in that world were kind of holding over him. Leah, what's your vote? Um, I still, I think, yeah, I still got to go with the Illuminati. Like Chichanya said, just like the, it felt like an important moment for, for not just right then, but like the future of the MCU. I mean, in one moment, you kind of just gave us mutants, possibly. You gave us Fantastic Four, possibly. You gave us all these things. And I was very lucky. I, like I said, I wasn't really spoiled for much except for Thank You, Nick. Um, but like, other than that, I, it wasn't a whole thing for me. Um, and it just, it was just amazing. And I do think what a fucking mic drop moment that would have been if that was when they announced like who the new Black Panther was. They just walked the fuck out. Ooh. That would have been fucking killer. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what's your vote? All right. Uh, man. I think I'm going to vote for, so there is something to be said about, the MCU is long past this point now, but I remember, you know, in phase one, kind of in phase two, one of the biggest, like across the board, one of the biggest complaints people had with the, the MCU was the villain problem. Like, the villain problem was like, you know, it just like, either they're killed off and we don't see them again, or they're just one note villains. And the fact that this movie, the villain of this movie, one, is a character we already know and love and is like a fan favorite character. And two, the resolution is not killing her. It's not sending her away to the raft or, you know, whatever. It's her being comforted by herself and like being reassured. Um, I thought that was really powerful. And like the score, we haven't, we have not talked enough about the score in this movie. Fantastic. I mean, Danny Elfman. Look, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be the guy and fill the bingo board. I love Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi's last collaboration, obviously. Like that's my favorite score of all time. But like this, you know, I, it was so so good. And the moment when Wanda is like holding her face and is telling her, you know, that they'll be loved, and the score is playing, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful resolution to this movie. That yeah, maybe it's sometimes messy. Sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense or whatever. But that moment brings it all down to a very grounded level of yeah this has been the conflict and now it's resolved in a really beautiful poignant way so that's that's my vote and i guess that means we have another tie ryan we were really just putting you to work today my friend so we need that tiebreaker 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Another tough one. Can you remind me the choices again? Yeah, so we have uh, Wanda, basically the Wanda uh, from 838 comforting our Wanda uh, at the end of the movie. And we also have the reveal of the Illuminati. Yeah, this is definitely tough. I'm going to go with the Illuminati. Um, I think similarly to other like thoughts we've had, it, it sucks that some or a lot of it was spoiled for us for various reasons, Marvel and Nick related. Um, but still, um, it, it was great to see, um, you know, obviously Professor X with the theme, with the yellow hover chair, um, to actually see John Krasinski as Reed Richards, um, to see, you know, Captain Carter, and then to see Maria Rambo get some shine as, as that Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's just all really cool. Um, and so that's why I got to go with the Illuminati. Okay. Before, before we give the W, but let's do it right here, guys. What did we think of John Krasinski's Reed Richards? Kyle. I am not going to say what I initially said, leave me the theater, which was, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I realized I was being unfair in that he's in like a couple scenes and he gets turned into spaghetti. I, I, so here's my reasoning. Um, I like John Krasinski a lot. I think he's a great actor. I think he has a very specific uh, energy in that he is, he is a very, I mean, there's a reason he was one of the front runners to play Captain America. Um, he has a very oh shucks energy to him. And as we know, like Reed Richards is one of the most giant assholes in all of comics. Like he is such a dick. And so he can stretch it, you know, I mean, yeah, he, he gives Dr. Strange a run for his money. I mean, he, yeah, he, he... It's him and Pim, for sure, so... <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where if, if the MCU is going the route of a different Mr. Fantastic who's a little more grounded, a little more, you know, ki- a little kinder to others, like a different take, then, yeah, okay, I like Krasinski because he's a great actor. If they're going the traditional Reed Richards, who's an asshole who thinks he's the smartest person in the room, who routinely, like, stabs his wife in the back, like, then I I wonder if there could have been a different choice. But, again, it's one of those things where I can't really make a judgment call yet because I don't know. And it's also – it's a genius move on Marvel's part to do this because they have an out either way. Either – there's a wide positive reception to Krasinski as Reed, and they can say on the next day on Twitter, Fantastic Four starring uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. You loved him in Doctor Strange. Now get ready for him as Reed Richards. They can do that. Or if there's a mixed or negative reception, they can say, well, he's just a multi, he's a variant, so he died. Here's the actual Reed Richards. Here's the actual person we're casting. So they, it's a genius move on their part. Like I give all the credit in the world to them. So at this juncture, he's not my first pick for Reed. If you want my first pick, go ahead and scroll way back to our Fantastic Four fan cast, and you can hear Damon in my first pick uh, for Reed Richards. <laughs> um, but at this at this point, I'm just curious to see what kind of Reed we're getting before I can really judge Krasinski. Leah. Uh, 
So real quick, I did have a question, Kyle. How do you feel about a Emily Blunt Sue Reed? Uh, that one, I I guess I just don't. I care less about. I don't, it sounds terrible because I also love Sue Storm, <laughs> but I am less like. I guess I'm less particular about the way she's portrayed, and I think that Emily Blunt would be fantastic. Like, I think she's a great actress, and I think that Sue is just has less of a striking personality to me that I think I would be fine with it either way. Yeah. Um, so I think, actually, I think it would be really interesting to see. Um, I do think that if they go with, with kind of like how Reed is now, he obviously he has Franklin at this point because he says he has children. He seems like maybe he's a, he's still going to be he's still going to make dumb decisions because he thinks he is the smartest person. We saw that he can do that still. Um, and I mean, we just, we've seen, I never would have thought Jim from the office could do a quiet place, you know, like, so, I mean, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance and see what he can do and what he can bring to it. I, I think he's a good actor. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. He does, he does, uh, if anything tragic happens, he gives great sad eyes. So always good for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Titania, did you like it? I don't really, I, I'm curious. First of all, I'm very curious because through the multiverse stuff we've had so far, we really haven't had, um, a huge difference between, like, we've had different versions of Loki, like, clearly different personalities with, that were played by different people. But Wanda in the multiverse have been played by the same person. Um, so I'm not sure if they've left as big of an out in order to recast Krasinski if they needed to, as we think they have. Because so far, it's basically the multiverse characters we've seen have been played by the same character, by the, by the same actor. Maybe, maybe they just haven't really given us enough of that where we know for sure. I think it'll be pretty funny if they had John Krasinski direct and have Emily Blunt play uh, Sue and then have someone else cast as uh, uh, Reed Richards. Just like we gave you your fan casting for one moment as a multiverse variant, a, a different version. He doesn't exist anymore. Here's your new cast. That would be entertaining. But I don't really think I would mind if they kept him. I thought it was interesting enough because yeah, he had kind of, he didn't have like an arrogant energy, like a really dickish energy, but like the decisions he made, we only saw like a small percentage of them. Like we could certainly see that he might've fucked up a bunch, even more than he did at this point. So I think he could do it. Damon, you are muted. Sorry, the train, you know, train. Take your shot, everybody. Um, but I, I didn't like it. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, hit us with those honors. No, um, I I am not a huge uh, John Krasinski fan. I mean, I don't hate him. I, I don't like The Office. Um, I was underwhelmed by A Quiet Place. What else has he done? I don't know. He seems like a good guy. Um, Jack Ryan. <laughs> sure, yeah, that. I've never seen it. Um, so, I mean, I... I have nothing against him, but it, I didn't like it. But at the same time, like Kyle said, there's no reason to, to pass judgment just yet because we have no idea 
what the actual role is going to be if he does play Reed Richards, what kind of Reed Richards it's going to be. For that Reed Richards, it just didn't work for me personally. But who knows how it's going to be going forward. So I'm glad they did it, though, just for us to have that reaction. That was that was really – I like it. It was cool because it was that, – that's one of the – that's been – I mean, how long has that – how long has that been a – a fan cast like people have wanted that for years at this point like since for for a while now yeah so it was cool to see that because that was the biggest reaction in my theater like when he showed up my theater went ballistic <laughs> right all right right with the honors and the winner is strange meets the illuminati and now we have our final award, the Great Expectations Award. Yes, the Great Expectations. The biggest question we have going forward after this movie. I feel like there's a lot. I'm excited to see what we come up with for this one. Kyle, hit us with your what's your nom. All right. Well, I mean, they were just, they just won the last award, but I, I have to go with it because it's my biggest question. I mean, specifically, are we going to now get an Earth 616 Illuminati? Um, I can't, this can't be the last time we see the Illuminati, you know, whatever version we get. So I'm curious because I, I've always, I've loved the inclusion of the Illuminati in the comics. I think that it's such a cool idea to have you know, one of the, some of the biggest egos in the comics to put together a team and like, you know, be judge, jury and executioner. And I think it's a really compelling idea. So one, you know, who, who fills out the Illuminati? Is it the same roster from this movie? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think they may, they may change it up a bit, throw in a black Panther once that's a recast or, you know, a different uh, actor. Um, but I'm curious to like, who fills out the Illuminati in it? What is the role that they play in Earth 616. I have to assume, well, one, one thing I, I was a little left shortchanged on the Illuminati's role was that I wish that they had been like, and maybe they were because they didn't confirm this, I wish that they had all been from like different universes so that they could be like a, uni, a multiversal Illuminati. Like they're, they're kind of like guardians of the multiverse at that point. I think that would have been really cool, but I think the next time we see them, they, they will be in our in Earth 616. So I'm really curious, like what, who fills out the roster? How does it come to be? Is it Dr. Strange that forms it? Is it someone else? Do they repeat the same mistakes that they made? Like, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with the Illuminati. That's a really good one. Uh, Chitanya, what's your nom? So one of the things that phase four has really got me thinking about and confused about and really wondering how they're going to square all of this is it feels like we've got three different trains heading down the track and i wonder if they collide wonder how they collide if one arrives before the others and it feels like we're getting a lot of young avengers set up with billy and tommy in this movie like the possibilities seem like they've opened the door for a multiverse version maybe it's uh, 838 maybe it's a different version of wanda's kids being aged up or something like that. And we have them in 616 as part of the Young Avengers. We have Kate Bishop. We have, um, what's his face, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
the grandkid of um what's his name uh isaiah bradley elijah um we we have young avengers then we have the multiverse stuff and we have kang and then we have the scrolls just kind of lurking in the background from far from home and we have to figure out how they play into all this so i want to know like how all this gets resolved are we getting the kang stuff first are we getting the scroll stuff kind of thrown in after that or during that it feels like they have a really difficult task ahead of them and then we have the young avengers the kids all coming in uh we've got iron heart coming in we have miss marvel coming in like how does all that fit in they've got a really challenging next couple of years and in a way it's a little disappointing because we haven't even really talked about the introduction of Clea at the end of like the post credit scene here. And it feels like everything we get from Shang-Chi to Eternals to um, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, they set up things and then their sequels may not happen for four or five, six years because of all the stuff they already have. So my question about the MCU is how do they resolve probably the, the Skrulls and Kang and the multiverse when they both seem to be playing increasing roles here. And then we have so much time between sequels with characters we actually start to care about. So your question is how, how do they keep the MCU going? Is what are they doing? Is like, what is the future main plot essentially almost like, is, or just like, how, how do they resolve all of these plot threads? Right, like it's just they threads that they have to resolve, and we have no idea how they're going to do it, really. Okay, that, that's that's very fair. That's that's a really big question. Um, Leah, what's yours? Um, so mine is actually about the eight three eight world. What the fuck happens there now? Like, uh, does the Wanda that's there is she? Is there going to be repercussions for what happened? Even though it wasn't her, but it was her. She have PTSD. Is this what actually triggers Billy and Tommy's powers? Maybe to to come out. Um, the Illuminati is is gone, destroyed. What happens to the utopia of that world now? Like, um, you know, it, it was really weird that they never talked about it. But like how all the colors were super bright around him, but everybody was wearing, everybody was wearing muted colors and they were all walking. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like they never talked about it, but I'm assuming it was kind of to show that like, look, we made a perfect society where everybody's the same and nobody's upset. So what happens when your governing body is now gone? What chaos is gonna, there's a power vacuum, obviously. So what's gonna happen on that whole world? So I got, I got questions. I like that. Hey, we forget Mordo was left in that little moat. You know? Mordo, oh Jesus! <laughs> How did the hell? Did <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there. Absolutely not. It's gonna be great, guys. <laughs> Poor Mordo. <laughs> he just got washed. That was really weak. Like, like he couldn't even even jumped out of that or something. Like he just stayed in there. I don't. Yeah. Um, those are all really good questions. I have four questions that I put on here. But the one I'm going with is the funnest. Who is giving these exclusives on the Avengers? And when the hell do we find out? Who is telling the story? <laughs> Rita Skeeter. Wait, are you 
but yeah, I don't know how the hell they're going to work this. I mean, scrolls, unless if you bring in runaways, I'm into that. Scrolls <laughs> Avengers. Yes, please. Um, um, but yeah, not, not the Hulu runaways. I want to reboot on that one. So, but. yeah, I don't think they're going to ever canonize that, that one. So, yeah, um, these are all four good questions that I feel like everyone should be asking. I think we'll get answers to, to them. Like, I mean, I, I definitely think we will get an Illuminati or some form of it in our 616 universe. The threads, Chitanya, either they will be threaded together or they won't be in the MCU crumbles. <laughs> we'll find out. Definitely one of the uh, other. <laughs> and like I said, I'm sh- I'm calling my shot right now for starting Quantumania with Scott Lang on a, on a morning show. Okay? He's, he's telling the world what's, what, what's happening. Um. And so that's how it gets notoriety. Yeah. But I I really think the 838 world, we have not seen the last of. Um, focusing so much on one world. Like, of course, we got the um, the paint world a little bit. I love the paint world, by the way. Um, but we get the, essentially, the worlds colliding and, co- and collapsing on each other with Sinister Strange. And we get, like, other than that, we just get 838. We get a lot of time there. We're there for, what, maybe 20... 25 minutes maybe i'm not i'm not really sure um but a lot happens and i feel like whether it's uh wiccan and speed or it's that wanda or it's something like we go back because the multiverses is finally colliding and we have to maybe maybe that mordo is, plays another part in the future i don't know i definitely think that's going to be really really important so i, I really like that question i that, that gets my vote Ryan, what do you do as the honors? I will. Uh, and just real quick, right before that, um, y'all had great choices, but given the fact that we all think that she's still alive, I am truly shocked that no one went with what's happening to 616 Wanda. That was on my board. I, we'll, fi- we'll find out. That's it. Yes, we will. And the winner is... What happens in World 838? That's it, y'all. Those are the awards. They gave out some some nice ones. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen racked them up again. I think she is now the leader in Effie Wins after this in WandaVision. And also, I feel like she's going to maybe get some awards maybe in our Phase 3 Effies. We'll have to see. Um, 100%. But, uh... This was a lot of fun. And, and now, since we've talked about all those, let's just dive into our final thoughts. Anything that we did mention that you wanted to mention, shout out, anything that you liked or hated about the movie. Uh, Leah, start us off. Um, I think I covered almost everything I wanted to cover. Um, I just, yeah, I just really, I really liked it. And And like we said earlier, the people who were trying to be like, this is like, Daenerys all over again and it just came out of nowhere what have you been watching I don't understand um yes she seemed like she learned her shit but also I'm sorry but like even without the book I feel like the loss of her children and the fact that she knows she has the ability to do things about it with her powers and stuff I think she still would have gone off the deep end with or without the influence of the book I don't know how much was the book's influence I don't think we'll ever know that um but I just thought it was it was really good not the best movie I've seen so far this year but it's definitely way up there 
Um, and it was, I just really enjoyed it overall. So. Chitanya, your closing thoughts? So the last thing, because as Leah said, I've also covered pretty much everything that I thought about Multiverse of Madness. My last thought, I guess, earlier today was that I did appreciate the progression from WandaVision to uh, Multiverse of Madness. I did like that she came to terms with Vision. She let him go. Like, there's that hope that they'll meet again. And that was really beautiful in WandaVision. But it's is a whole different scenario. That's a whole different, like, emotional motivator. And I don't blame her necessarily for, like, her motivation to go get them. Like, we can talk about her being an incredible villain, and she went full villain. But inciting moment really made sense that you deal with one bit of grief you have such a great kind of exploration of that in episode eight of wandavision and then you something and then you have a whole nother load of grief to deal with and loss and at the top of kind of my mcu villains after this performance really spectacular job I do think that uh, I was surprised that everything everywhere all at once and multiverse and madness were so kind of close in kind of the ways they dealt with the multiverse, which I thought we were going to get completely different takes after seeing that movie. I thought we we're going to be going jumping across 10 different multiverse experiences and really stayed put in very limited locations on huge kind of variance in budget but i was surprised that we got such a similar approach to the multiverse in these two movies so i really appreciate multiverse of madness same same but different very similar but also they went about it in very uniquely different ways um everything everywhere all at once is my favorite movie of maybe the last two years oh me too fantastic <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk more about it at the end of the year for movie draft. Um, that'll happen. This movie, like I said before, was so much fun. What I have a mention was I feel like it was one of the best paced MCU movies to date. I did not have a time where I was like, eh, what's, is anything about to happen? Something was happening the entire time. You didn't have time to be like, oh, is anything like, okay, what's going to happen next? You're like, just like, oh, that's happening. Oh, that's happening now. That's happening. Like, you're, it's just one after the other. It was such a fun ride. It was such a, it really delivered on this, on the scary in the camp. It had a little bit of camp to it. I I'm with Kyle. We need more camp in our comic book and superhero movies. Um, and just a little bit of the little things that we never really touched on, but I really like, and this is why I liked the Dr. Strange. I don't dislike Dr. Strange. The first one personally wasn't super amazing, but I like the, the aspect, the idea of it. And I love how they created the, the magic of uh the mcu and seeing like when strange threw out those little dragon hands um when he used those really two big like purple hands to grab like the the telephone pole to, to fight against uh, to take the eye out of gargantos mm -hmm. um of course we talked about the music fight but it needs to be mentioned again that was just on a different level so beautiful and so creative um 
I really just like the the different uses of the magic, and I hope they just continuously give us more unique uh, perspectives of that. I mean, I loved seeing the way they did that in all of What If. So I just I loved it all. I think this, while it didn't progress the MCU like I thought it was going to, I did leave feeling satisfied for Strange and for Wanda and being very intrigued to see where they go next. What is next for, for Doctor Strange? Like, is he going to take more of a leading role for whatever the Avengers are going to be? Is he just going to be doing his own thing? What's I, Apparently him and Clea are going to go off into all kinds of different dimensions, which I think is, is needed. Like y'all said, we didn't get, like Chitanya said, we didn't get enough multiverse in this movie like he, like we thought. Like, give us some more dimension hopping. Like, you know, let's see Dormammu again. Um, so, I liked it. I very much enjoyed this movie. Uh, Kyle? Yeah, I, I think both re-watching the movie yesterday and then now, like, doing a pot on it has made me appreciate it more. I think that like the things that I liked initially, I like a lot more and the things that I had issues with, I still have issues with, but they don't detract from the entire experience in the way that they did before. Um, I, I will say like leading into like the, whatever the next Dr. Strange movie is or whatever, maybe this is my hot take. Like, I don't know how feel, people feel about Charlize Theron. I could not give less of a fuck about Quia. I just don't care. Um, when she showed up in that post credit scene, my head hurt from my eyes rolling so hard. Um, I just, I was like, I don't care. Like this, it felt, it was like one of those things where I was like, I just had this really cool multiverse experience and all these cool characters, but I don't, I don't know anything about Clea. I know that she ends up being his wife and she's Dormammu's niece. And I'm sure there is an interesting story there somewhere. Um, and now obviously I have more faith because I'm into Dr. Strange movies at this point, but like, yeah, I just, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, sometimes as much as I love post-credit scenes in the MCU, sometimes it feels like they kind of kill the finality of a movie. Like, it's like, just, just let it breathe. Like things just ended, like, let it breathe. It's like, imagine if Endgame had a post-credit scene, like that just would have felt so wrong because that was such a final movie, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I did really enjoy the, the highlights of this movie. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was really good. You know, obviously Elizabeth Olsen knocks it out of the park once again as Wanda. Um, and I'm curious, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, what happens with, with America going forward, whether it's with long slash strange Academy or with something else. Um, I'm excited for that. I, I can't wait to see what happens, you know, what, with Wong, um, yeah, I, I'm curious. I think it was it was ultimately a, a satisfying movie, and, and I'm very curious to see. I don't know where Doctor Strange will pop up next. Like, I don't think it'll be in his next movie. I think it's possible he shows up in, you know, Quantum Mania or like something. Else. He's got to be. I think anytime there's a multiverse story, it's got to. He's got to show up at some point because he's now kind of been tasked as like the the guy who deals with multiverse problems. So. I'm curious. Well, we'll have to see. But ultimately, yeah, it was it was a satisfying movie. I'm just happy as a Sam Raimi fan that he has been given another superhero movie, like to put his to put his name on, because it this very much it, more than it's a Marvel movie, more than it's a horror movie. This is a Sam Raimi movie through and through. Like even I didn't mention this, but one of my favorite little tiny details about this movie is the shots where people look directly at the camera, like. 
uh, Elizabeth, oh my God, Elizabeth Olsen does it the first time she dreamwalks as other Wanda. Fucking terrifying. When she just looks at the screen. Oh man, I just got chills. And then like Xavier does it when he's trying to free Wanda. It's really effective and it's a very Sam Raimi choice. And then even like the camera movements of like the quick moving from one room to another. Loved it. It was a very Sam Raimi movie. So that's that's ultimately like my favorite part about it. I love that. Um, and with all that, let's give a cleaning cleanup duty to our producer Ryan. What did we leave out? Uh, anything you want to mention that we forgot? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's much you guys forgot. It's just um, one thing I, I wanted to point out that I was curious about. Um, I was actually uh, talking earlier uh, with my girlfriend, um, friend of the pod, Hannah. Um, Damien, you talked about the magic. I remember the part uh, right after they, they fought the tentacle monster that we're still trying to figure out which one. It's Gargantos. Um, it is what it they is call it. Okay, cool. And um, Strange and Wong are talking, and uh, they're like, oh, like there are runes around it. Like That's not sorcery, that's witchcraft. And like I just remember in the theater of me being like, what's the difference? So like, yeah, I just, um, <laughs> I hope that's something they explore more or explain. Um, I imagine they probably will um, in the Agatha Harkness show and potentially in a like strong, stranger longer captain show. So yeah, just getting some more clarification on, on how the different magics work and why like witches are more powerful than sorcerers or if they are. So yeah, I'm definitely curious about that. Take that. Same, same. Did anyone have any last point they wanted to make before we roll out of here? Good. All right, guys, that was that was great. Uh, had a lot of fun. Leah, Tanya, thank y'all so much for joining us. Had thank a blast. Um, I'm sure we'll have y'all on some thank first you. episodes. Um, we'll get those going. But yeah, Multiverse Madness was a blast. Um, thank you, everyone at home, for listening. To us. Um, let us know if you have any comments, criticism, Episodes, who you would have voted for in these polls uh, category. And uh we'll see y'all next time. Wow. What we got for Yeah, that's right. Next week we're closing out the month of May with uh, a, a dream video game movie fan cast with our good buddy Nick. Maybe not. He's been banned <laughs> after uh, after spoiling shit for Leah. <laughs> Unforgivable. Um no, we will be joined by him basically, yeah. Uh the three of us are going to be pitching uh, our dream adaptation of a video game that hasn't been made yet, giving it some cast members and director and a company. And it'll be a lot of fun, a uh, fun way to close out May. And then June is just going to be a month full of, uh, you know, MCU love and Pixar love and just some hostile takeovers from different hosts. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. So we'll catch you all next week. This is what we do.